I was giving him Dungeness crabs on a half shell, and my wife just like lost her. She like lost her shit and like raided the deep freezer. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. Welcome to From the Ground Up Podcast. So, PortCityPythons.com, we have some animals available, and importantly, Philly, who... Whoever's in the area, Oaks, Pennsylvania, this Saturday, we will be at the Reptile Show. And I feel like we had something more to say about that. Come see us if you want, say, even Cocoa Chip. We'll have bedding with us. We will have a bunch of animals. There's really not that many animals left, so come get them. This will probably be our last our last chance before we get into the new um, group of animals. The what year is this? Twenty nineteen breeding season is kind of upon us. I haven't brought animals up yet, but we are almost sold out. So. We'll be bringing them up. Yep, in the next couple of weeks or so. So I look forward to starting this whole charade over again. Right? Well, I felt like yeah, the hard work's over, but it's like now it's getting boring. So now I think we'll be at about shit. We'll be producing hopefully king snakes and stuff too this year. So. Well, we More variety. About, we produced about 80 total last year. So I'm being at least, I don't know, 120. We include all the king snakes in. So. And I think our females from last year have gotten a few more meals in them. And I think they're going to lay, you know, each year it seems like, you know, we have six one year and then you have eight and then 15. And then, I mean, with that old girl, the girl who's retired now, I mean, we'd have 22 eggs or something. So it's slowly ramping up the amount for each female we have more females coming up this year and yeah that's pretty much enough about us so t-shirts for sale all that stuff so today we have dorian for our official in studio so obviously he's here in philly dorian keeps monitors in particular ornate monitors so could you give us a little idea? Obviously, your company is BH Varanis, right? Yes, yes. And then can you give us an idea of how you got into reptiles? Because it's not really uh, your average story. It's it's something that I fell into. Uh, I've always been an animal person in general. And I think that over the years, I was overseas in Asia for a bit. And it's easy to get reptiles over there. Um, I was in the um, United States Air Force. I was a statistician. And we used to get all types of animals Um because there's no, there were there were a lot of restrictions. So a lot of stuff I can say that I hadn't didn't have. But I was real novice. I was I was a novice. <laughs> Is this in like barracks or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So was, I know, but, I know. But we had it. We had it set up. I was very good at hiding everything before inspections and things like that. And I was also a special op, so they kind of gave me a little bit more freedom. My barracks are larger than most people's, and um, I think it it came down to once I started realizing that my care was improper. Cause I was in my early twenties. So, and I was just, I just, it was just the awesomeness of the animals. And I think after a while I started feeling sorry for the animals and I started actually like letting them go in the woods, which I probably should have did. But I was, you know, it was at that time. Wait, this was in Asia? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of stuff going on over there. So, so it's, 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 that's why I haven't said the country, but uh, it's, but it's, it's, um, I, I learned, I learned a valuable lesson after that. And I think moving forward, I went up a spell where I didn't have anything. And then I had a very expensive dog 
I moved, I came back home, went to college, did finish everything else. And I was working at a couple firms and I had bought this super expensive dog. It was like $5,500. God damn. It was under four page contract. It was like a crazy situation and the dog died. So the dog actually wasn't perfect. It was a whole breeder thing and I never coped with it. So I got another animal. So at this point I felt I had the money cause I was in, working in finance and I said, Oh, I'm gonna get an ornate monitor. But it, I didn't know it was it wasn't. I thought it was a Nile monitor, and then I figured out later when it started growing a little differently. And I had actually purchased a book by Robert Faust named called Nile Monitor. And, and the whole other half of the book, one half of the book is about Nile monitors, one half is about ornate monitors. I realized I had an ornate monitor, and this, this I bought this thing at three feet. It was a rehab. I didn't know it was under. I didn't know it was a rehab when I had it. So it actually shot up to like six feet in less than like six to eight months. It was like the craziest thing you'll ever, like, I don't even think it happened. So is that normal. the difference between the Nile and the Ornate well, the as far as the growth rate? The, no, the difference is actually the, that was a special case where that animal was living in, before I got it, it was living in a 55 gallon tank with a tegu with one light. Oh, so, man. So when it, when I got it, I was like power feeding it. I really was, you know, I was researching it. You were and, loving it. Yeah, you know, I was <laughs> loving it and, and giving it a lot of giving a lot of space. But then I was like, wait, this isn't going to be like the last time. I got really deep into it. I went to Drexel University's uh, medical library, pulled all the publication pub- publications that are like sixty bucks a piece. Uh, made sure that I did everything right. Built a huge enclosure. Hired electricians to do the enclosure. You know, it was a it was a eight by four by four. But to me, it was like huge. You know, um, I made a snake lot. snake guys are like that is huge. You know, so it was like, <laughs> but it was it was cool. And it grew and everything was fine. Like I, all the mistakes I made, I made with that first animal, and it was a rehab. And it's like. I felt I was saving it, but I really wasn't doing it a service because I really didn't know what I was doing. But when I had that book and I read that book, it empowered me. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to be doing this. And this thing is from West African rainforest and this isn't a Nile. And to answer your question, they grow at, a, actually, they grow at a slower rate than Niles. Um, the Niles have a, uh, I, want, I want to say personally from keeping both is that the ornates have a slower metabolism. So it's not so much, it, it's, that's what is the trigger for them growing a little slower. And I think that's why in the hobby, they don't last as long because they're not, they're not growing as fast as people think that they're Niles and they're not. There, there's papers that are out that are conflicting. Um, from what I hear in the, in the academic community, those papers aren't accepted. Um, they have two different sexual organs from Niles uh, that right there constitutes a different species. So is there's people... I guess the powers that be that are working on redoing the papers, but when you keep both animals and you put them together, one has a bigger skull, one has one has a stronger bite. One is a Nile monitor is very hard to kill. Like they're very hard to kill. Like you can keep that, you can keep them in some very unspeakable conditions, and it'll last. An ornate monitor, you don't have the proper humidity, twenty four months tops, or wow. if it gets past twenty four months, it'll die at six years. So why six years? Um, a lot of it has to do is that they have. A, I've I've had a lot of vets. Um, I just had a necropsy done on an animal that I just lost to cancer, and I have a lot of theories. And because I'm not like a, I'm a finance guy. I'm not a, bio, a biology guy. So all I have is my publications and the doctors I ask and the biologists I speak to. I'm coming to the conclusion that these are early on. It's, it's an early onset thing. If it's mm. almost like a human baby when you don't give it the proper humidity, complications will, will, will right, occur. Right. The damage is yeah, done. And, and a lack now. of humidity really, it, it hurts the animals in such a fashion that it messes with circulation. And a lot of those things help contribute to, to different growths and, and cysts, which can become cancerous. Mm. You know, So I think a lot of it has to do with ornates aren't considered an advanced animal. But if people were going to keep them, keeping it like a water monitor probably is the closest thing to keeping it alive. 
So, I mean, I've heard multiple things as far as like some people don't really believe in water bowls per se. They get a lot of their water from food and stuff like that. So, I mean, what part does that play in it? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know much about monsters. <laughs> no, you're good. But um, so I may ask you so, some things no, no, that people dude, hate. This is, this is, you're fine. Um, So humidity is even on my YouTube channel. Like that is what I what humidity is water piggybacking on an air molecule. That is what hydrates these animals. Any reptile, they're getting a lot of their moisture from the air. Okay. And especially those animals that are in those areas where there's rainforest. Involved. They're essentially drinking every time they yeah, breathe. You know, yeah. yeah. So so they're so they're being hydrated every day. Even if um our humidity is too if our humidity is too low, you start to feel the dryness in your nose, mm -hmm. you know, that the, the the your mouth gets dry, you know, you, you different things start to happen for humans. Imagine a reptile in a box that should have seven between seventy to eighty five, which is the standard reasonable percentage, which I keep I keep mine at an eighty to hundred. But you Ooh. know, it's you know, but that's <laughs> me. That's you know, but realistically, have to I have to give people a number that they can reach, you know. Mm. And I think it's one of those things where the humidity is the is the key thing. People, you know, they want to give them baths. No, if your humidity was right, you wouldn't have to do that. Right. You know, you, you shouldn't be giving your monitor a bath. You should have your your enclosure tight. You should have your humidity high, between seventy to eighty five. A little bit higher can't hurt anything. Keep the water dish clean when it's a high humidity. That way you don't get, you know, bacterial infections and things like that through the air or respiratory infection. And then you'll be okay. But humidity, for some reason, because it's such a hard thing to manage and you have to have a sealed enclosure. And if you're not good at building enclosures, large monitors aren't the thing for you, you know. So for an idea, I mean, we're here in Philly, so we have a similar climate. Yeah. And when I heat the house, I know that my snake room dropped to about... 20% humidity. Yeah. So I'm thinking, and I have a humidifier in the snake room just to yeah. keep it to 50, yeah. right? So how the hell are you keeping it 80 to 100 right now? Well, the way I do it is I have Miss, I have Miss King Misters from Josh's Frogs. So I have like a bunch of motors. I literally just have a stockpile of motors and I have Miss King Misters in each enclosure. So I have those on, I I know that with sealed enclosures and the way I build my enclosures, I know that I only need to pump those misters for about three minutes, which is even longer than what they suggest on the, the mister system. So I'll run those for about three minutes, three times a day. So I'll usually have them on a timer. I have everything on timers and stuff like that. And I usually only have to use that around this time of year, you know, because if they're eating and it's dry, like my humidity in my where they're at right now in my basement is probably like 27 outside enclosures. Mm -hmm. And I'm my highest humidity I can get when the weather's like 26 degrees outside is probably about 82%. So what I do is I naturally just take down their feed because I'm not getting what I would usually get for them to really, you know, uh, build the gut bacteria that they need, you know, because sometimes that incremental change in temperature will affect the monitor's digestion, and I don't need any issues. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want anything rotting in anybody's stomach, stuff like that. Their, their, their basking spots are 110, 120. Um, and the same thing goes in the summer. If it gets too hot, nobody's lights are on. Like, it's a lot of things that I do that my enclosures are, so, are, are, are larger enclosures, and they're stacked, so I have heat coming from the bottom to the top. So all my older animals are usually on the bottom enclosures my large, because, because the larger animals can hold heat longer. So it's more of a, it's a, it's a, it is area, surface area to volume ratio. So the smaller, and I think Andrew Llewellyn actually hit on this and, um, 
and hopefully you guys will have him on. Uh, it, it comes down to the smaller the animal, the harder it is for that animal to keep heat in. Hmm. Okay. So the surface area for that animal, the volume is, is, is actually is, is less than a, a larger animal. It's like a weird equation that gets all, you know, I'm doing a whole video on it. It's probably going to be like 20 minutes. people are hot too. So. <laughs> well, but they also hold heat. That's why. They yeah. hold heat yeah. a lot longer. <laughs> so, you know. Fat people monitor, same shit, really. Fat <laughs> <laughs> people hold heat, so it makes sense. She explained it. Sorry for all the people offended by our <laughs> talk today. That's that's pretty much what it is. So I have my older monitors on the bottom. And because the way I have my fixtures on my enclosures, they're actually getting warm. So there's a there's about I got about a half an inch of space. So they're actually heating the bottom of the top enclosures. These enclosures are like like so they're like eight foot by four foot by four foot. So the sm the younger monitors are actually getting heat from the top and the bottom. Okay. So, you know what I mean? And then with the humidity and everything else, I have a huge water. I use giant cement tubs. So every it's a good mixture. And then I think during the week I might spray down the I spray down the substrate, make sure it doesn't dry out. Um, because a lot of time the trick with that is the substrate. Uh I think when when the substrate is extremely wet, the the lights kinda help with the humidity as we evaporate some of the water off it. So I do all these little tricks. To keep it all everything balances going. Each yeah, other, so it's an yeah. ecosystem, and it, I have bioactivity going. So I know if my insects are running around because my pill bugs need a certain humidity to survive. So I keep everything monitored with that. Dude, you're the only one that I think I've seen, and maybe it's just because I don't know a lot of monitor people. But it looks like you have like grass growing in your enclosure. Yeah. So and, I, and do they not like rip that up immediately, or what's going on? It's it's not for me. And my it, it, it's it's aesthetic. It's aesthetically pleasing, and it, <laughs> but it's it's. It's not for me. What I do is I do yeah. it whenever I reset an enclosure or I'm I do like a hard clean once a year. So and I'm, because I'm using wooden wooden enclosures, I have to mess with the enclosure a little bit more often than with somebody that has PVC, which is like the godsend material for monitor guys. Um, what I'll do is I'll set the enclosure and what that grass does when it grows, it helps me test out the quality of the soil for bioactivity as far as the insects are concerned. So what happens is the humidity ends up boosting like 20%. As soon as that grass is like at a certain length, the humidity sets. So I won't put a, I won't introduce an animal into an enclosure unless it's at least 100% humidity, but that's me. Because just the way, that's my practice. That's how I set things up. When because it, if you're not starting ahead of the game, I mean, you figure it's only going to go down. Exactly. Like so my thing is I don't mind it dropping down to 85 to 90, but with the grass... And also, it's a little bit of enrichment because wherever mm -hmm. they're close, they've already grinded up all the grass. So they're yeah. going into something new. They get to investigate it a little bit. You know, it takes some of the stress off of it. And I know my animals. So what I'll do is they'll just, they don't dig it up. They'll actually just like lay the grass down and the grass eventually breaks down. And that helps boost and feed some of the pill bugs and all the other, the centipedes and all that stuff that I have in the substrate. I can imagine that also helps you out as far as just freshening the air. Like the air would probably be stale. Yeah, and, and the oxygen, the oxygen level in it closer is, is is okay too. I kind of just want to. They're living in a box, so I try yeah. to I try to make that first entry as you know mm -hmm. as pleasant as possible. That's all I can do. A lot of people, oh, they're gonna destroy it, but it's it's not about. Me, it's not it's not about me. You know, I'm just trying. Even to, though you spent 40 hours doing something, you, doesn't you know, mean that you know. In a desk, and if you're a monitor guy and you're really serious about this, and you really try your best to take care of your animals, um, and you have the financing, part of the fun is building the enclosures for me. Like right. 90 percent of this really is the enclosure because once you get yeah. your animals set up, like these are not like very hands on a lot of animals. Yeah, I have ornate monitors. They're yeah. they're batshit crazy. So I have to be careful. <laughs> like it's it's one day you know my, my my oldest my adult until they get about not eight nine years old. When the, the cause I use a, a hands off type of tactic. I don't play with my manners. They're not on leashes. 
things like that. And I think my animals tend to work their way around to wanting to be around me. You know what I mean? Mm. They, I get, I, 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 they kind of get used. They're already in, they, it's kind of a shoddy deal. They're already in a box. Yeah. You know, they, they feed, <laughs> they got to eat when I tell them to eat. Like they don't get the certain things that are taken away from them and being in captivity. So why not give them the choice to engage with me? My adult female will engage. I can pick her up. Mm-hmm. Um, I can take her to a vet appointment, like all of that stuff, you know, but at the same time, I think it's more of a thing where hands-on with certain species is okay. Water monitors are a lot more tractable. Savannah monitors, a lot more tractable. Statistically, you always have like the a-holes in every species, but ornates tend to be more skittish. They're they're moody. They're just, they, they remind me of really mean cats that want to be pet <laughs> like once a year. Like that's kind of how I look at it. They want to be pet when they want to be pet. Yeah. yeah they're, they're good for guys that have established collections because right. you, you're not going to really be messing with it too much. But, you know, for the most part, you know, like, because they're hands off for the first, like, 60 days. They need that high humidity. You cannot, you, you have to let them get that for the first, you know, for the first 24 months. I mean, but. You're talking about when you first. When you first get, get the them. animal. Yeah, it's a wild mm-hmm. called hassling. You have to give them that premium. They're scared. They're, it's a rainforest animal for a reason. They don't want to be around humans. It's yeah. not like, <laughs> you know, water monitors, a lot of, especially the, I think, Sumatrans and um, a lot of the ones in, oh, man, Thailand, it, they're. They're in the populace. They know what humans are. You know that that stuff that genetically carry, they carry that with their off their offspring that gets carried down to them. You know um, there are there are areas in Africa where ornate monitors are worshipped, godlike. You know, really? so they're like special little certain little tribes and stuff like that. But a lot of where they were, um, if you do, the, I've done a lot of longitude in a lot of the areas where they did the research. It's all developed now. So, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's very, it's a very, uh, underappreciated animal and it's, it's an animal that gets a shoddy deal. It's a very, uh, challenging animal, but if a person has one, keep that one cause they get very large and there's yeah. just not a lot of adults. There's probably less than 10 healthy, like legitimately healthy adults that aren't obese, aren't on leashes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, yeah. you know, so there's guys like Brian Waterloo, um, I have yet to I haven't met him yet because I haven't made it to Tenley, but I know a lot of people that know him. Um, Robert Faust, I've spoken to him on on several occasions. He's like the guy. The, the guy. Oh, yeah. He's got to wrote the book, so to me, he's like you know. Um, and Andrew Llewellyn, he's he's our generation's guy. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. when it comes to monitors, I don't care what anybody says. Um, but it's because because he deals with a lot of Africa in general, so he has a, a very broad. He's a biologist, so the answers you get for him are going to be a hundred percent. And they're thought it. through. Yeah, like he's yeah. he he's 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 rough around the edges, but you know that's that's one of his best traits is because you're gonna get a no nonsense answer. You just gotta answer yeah. my questions. But yeah, so let's go back a little bit because obviously this enclosure build is serious. Yeah, I mean that's half of the whole yeah. thing, if yeah. not more. So let's go because I mean this is so far away from what I've seen other people do and. You know, just building your own enclosure for such a large animal. I mean, you have videos doing it, but kind of explain a little bit about how you construct your enclosure. So, it like when I plan out the enclosures, I think when I built my first enclosure, I have it was like a eight foot by four foot. I hired an electrician. It cost me a couple thousand dollars to do. Like I wasted a whole lot of money doing it. I didn't. I caught myself trying to use the best practice that I knew. Um, I had like a plastic lining in the bottom. I didn't know that the animal was gonna rip it up. Like you know what I mean? This is yeah. for my first, my first door eight. And after that, I sat back and literally like I was in between firms. I had left my one firm and I had like three months just to chill, you know. And 
I decided to make a 10 foot by 10 foot with water features. And I'm, and I started doing all this research and I had worked with koi ponds when I was in Asia, you know, another thing I wasn't supposed to be doing. <laughs> so it's, but, but, um, it, but I made this whole water feature, did a whole filtration thing. I did the whole Fox rock thing, the trees and all of that. And it was, I learned two things. I don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to make an enclosure. <laughs> I think I spent 150 now to do any enclosure. And they probably look better than what you You know, and, 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 and it's it, that's just, but that's part of when you're doing, when you're doing any type of large animal, no matter what it is, you learn from that. You know, I think a lot of farmers go through the same thing when they're building enclosures for their, for their animals. After, after some experience kicks in, you're like, oh, I could have just did this. Um, so what I'll do is I'll map out where I'm going to put it. And then the first thing I think of now is how am I going to take it apart? Because I don't like just ripping stuff apart and then having to take it to the You want to be able to reuse it in some form. Yeah, like I've been reusing probably the same framing wood for the last like five, six years just because of the way that I prep and prime the wood, you know. And these are temporary enclosures too. So when I move to my final, when I move to my final house, I'll be building like in-ground enclosures. But one thing that I do is I'll go ahead and I'll look at the size, what kind of animal, when am I going to move the animal? So I have stages. I have, I have my hatchling, anything for a while called hatchling is going a 24 by 24 sealed PVC PM Herbs enclosure. It's, there's nothing better because I need to keep that humidity high. It mm-hmm. helps me rule out who's sick and who's not. Then they'll matriculate over into a, like maybe like a four, it's a six by four by three. Okay. So those, these enclosures, what I'll do is they're built just like many houses, just like the ones you see on HGTV. It's the same, pro- <laughs> it's the same process. Like they are seriously like snapped together, you know, a little bit of physics, like how many pieces of wood do I need? Like I map it out completely. Um, I draw it out, you know, I think I started out using Google sketchup, uh, when I first started, but usually what I'll do is I'll sit there, mark everything out, see how I need to set everything up, prime everything. So I'll, what I'll do is I'll build it up. Then I take it apart prime everything with dry lock. I'll do like six, seven uh, coats. I use the OSB because they're temp cages. So I'm expecting to replace these cages. And because I know I'm expecting to replace them, there's no point in me using like an expensive plywood. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and 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 that's the part of it that I like. You know, everybody's different. Some people just like the animals. I like the enclosures. So after I build it up and after I prime it, I go ahead and like a Lego, literally. Like it just, it can actually stand together without being screwed in. So I've streamlined the whole, you know, if I could, if in a, in a better economy, I would drop shit these things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, you know, but it, it, so after I do all that, paint it, seal it. And then what I'll do with the doors, I'll take the doors. The doors are a separate part. So all the doors are always saved. Cause, and so that's the, that's the part that has the least damage. You know what I mean? I don't use any type of uh, windows or anything like that. Um, I started out in the beginning using, pe- using like a plexiglass, but with ornates, like they're just so... They're just inquisitive and they're super strong and they just destroy things. I've seen people keep them successfully different ways, but with me, like I do not have time to walk in and see a seven foot animal just running around. You know what I mean? Like it's just not my thing. I like I work too much. So what I'll do is I just put wood there and it gives them their privacy because they are a rainforest species. I believe that they need their privacy. So what happens is I'll sl- I'll slide the whole front end so everything's like snapped together and then I stack them according to heat. So everything is really. Helping everything else. Like if mm-hmm. a if a closure ever went out, I know there's heat coming from a particular area because all the enclosures are facing one another in a particular angle where the heat's bouncing off of everything. So I have it all like worked out. Like I think my biggest fear is if I get like a lot of space when I move, I might not know what to do and I might just have to put a, a crazy HVAC system in. You know what I mean? No. So but but <laughs> but I think with with that, 
I think re- right now what I'm learning is like reinforcing the, the the foundation because as my animals get bigger and heavier, it starts to weigh down. And no matter how right. much you paint a piece of wood, especially OSB, it's gonna wear down. It's mm-hmm. not used to that level of humidity, and it's and, it, and it's It'll exposed. Constant, you know, because yeah. regular framing wood is protected by the fiberglass, is protected by the sheetrock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things that can deal with moisture, as to where to where it's flat wood. Uh, a lot of people. One another thing with doing my channel, I found that I had to start taking down the cost. So that's where I was like, okay, for 150 bucks, I can build this enclosure. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that because people were asking me, how did you build it? And I'm like, uh, you can just put some pieces of wood together. It's nothing special. This is not the the standard way to do it. I know Nerd has a good setup. Um, the way they have like they have almost have like a horse stable type of setup. But, but it's also not accessible to everyone. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's and that's the thing. So, but and they don't show them a lot. So, but yeah. my thing is, is that you do you do need. To do a little, you need to science it up a little bit. It's one of those points where if you're going to deal with a large body monitor, you need to do the research and you need to become a carpenter really fast if you're not with it. Mm-hmm. I do have a little bit of a contracting background because my family owned a business back in the day, but it kind of helped me out. Mm-hmm. But nothing, you know, 16 inches on center, the foundation is solid. But even with that, I still have to put foam just so I can get that extra mm-hmm. like support because my animals are so heavy. Right. You know, they might want to crawl to the top and try to rip down a fixture. Like <laughs> I deal with that a lot, like, you know, yeah. because they're in a box. So you can't be upset if it destroys it. You know what I mean? Like it's in a box and I don't think that hits a lot of people. And you just have to be prepared for when it happens. And and, yeah. you, and with monitors, we have old saying, I know uh, Angela Wella and a couple other guys, if you don't have a thousand dollars to the side for, for medical and for like accidents and for fixtures, if you're doing, if you is have, that like them hurting themselves? Anything can happen with anything can happen with a, when you have more than one full grown monitor. Like this, these things are they 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 stress out like anybody else. They do, and I think it's part of the monitor hobby. That's one of the things why there's so much aggression in it toward new people because mm. we're, we really want to tell people you what know you're what you're getting, getting into. into. <laughs> you know, like you know, everybody wants to talk about well, I do this the quickest way, I do this the best way, or you just need to do this. You know, but when it comes down to it. You got to have that support fund ready. Like, you know, at any moment, I'm ready to take my animal to the vet and have an emergency surgery done if, if mm-hmm. impaction or something happens. You know, I just lost a male because I opted out of a, a ultrasound, which I'll never do again. You know, I was paying $600 per vet visit. I'm not saying people need to do that, but I'm also anal retentive and I have a responsibility to these things that I place in that box. Yeah. You know, like it's it's just what it is. It's just the, the bad, you know, it's the downside to it, but you have to have the money. If in the feed, the feeding alone, the food will break you. Like if you don't, man, I don't it, know how you do it. it it's well, ornates 56 percent of their diet is crustaceans. So I actually drive to the marinas in New Jersey and I get my green crabs from the marinas. I bring them home, sanitize them, put them on ice. Um, then they eat a lot of birds. Ten uh, percent of their diet is mice. Um, I'm not a fan of. And are you strict with that percentage, or is it yeah, fluctuate? Because yeah. obviously, with seafood, I have know, like I have thing. like whiteboards. I have like I'm super like boom, 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 boom. Like season, don't yeah, seasonality. Like season. So in the season, so in seasons like this, what I'll do is I'll do predominantly crustaceans because I know it breaks down 100 percent clean. Um, I noticed that. That because we're in the Northeast, the temperature fluctuations is just so hard. Even with heaters, you know they know that outside is freezing. For some reason, they know the ambient is different. These things don't brumate. They're from the West African rainforest. Right now, in the West African in West African rainforest areas, probably like ninety eight degrees. 
you know, it might be like 70 at night. That is not what, it's, what it is right now. So what happens is that they'll kind of, they'll still be hungry, but the digestion takes a little bit longer. So I'm at this point in the game, I'm worried about gut bacteria. You know what I mean? I'm worried about how efficient they can break down their food. I know their base diet being crustaceans is a hundred percent. There's no, there's no turds. There's no waste from it almost, you know, it, 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 it's a very, it's, it's a very watery uh, urate. You know, if I throw a bird in there, I know that in the winter, just maybe depending on the cold snap, the feathers won't break down completely. It'll be more feathers right. in the water. So I'm looking at their fecal matter to make sure that everybody's doing okay. I'm like, I'm looking at the water. Like I got gloves. I'm, I'm hands on. I'm like, no, these are my babies. I'm like, look, you know, it, it's you, it, you it, and to me, that's just my responsibility level. I don't, I don't force this on people, you know, but my thing is like, I'm, but when you put yourself out into the public eye, the way I have, I better know the answer to it. So, I'm reading the publications and I'm not scared to read a publication on bearded dragons and agamas and apply it, you know, at a larger scale. But I think it's more of a thing where they don't break down with these cold snaps. But I've, and they've been really getting worse every year. So it's getting harder for them. It's not they can break it down and I have the heat, but I don't want it under the heat lamps for like extended periods. You know what I mean? My animals are real good about thermoregulating properly and, and, and staying under, you know, whatever, whatever. But. It's harder to manage, like trying to feed them. Like me feeding them mice in the winter just doesn't do well for me. There, it, it for other species, water monitors are like to me, in my opinion, are like garbage cans. They eat anything. They them things break things down quickly. It's in it's in and out, you know. Um, but different animals have different gut gut bacteria loads. Different animals can adapt to things a little bit differently. I don't know. They're also from a tropical area. So there's some people that could argue, you know what I mean? But I'm, I, that's all I have is ornates. And I have several of different sizes, adult to juvenile to subadult. So I'm just watching the same behavior pattern. My juveniles can eat a mouse, can eat a bird in the winter. Mm -hmm. really? Why? Because the surface area, the volume is different. You understand what I'm saying? The heat, he's, he, he, he can get, receive that heat from that from that thermal regulation. Just as faster. fast as he can get it, he can yeah. lose it. Though. So with my bigger animals, it takes longer for them to warm. It's taking longer for them to warm up. It's just it's it's a little bit of biology, a little bit of science, a little bit of physics. You know what I mean? But it's it makes sense. And if people in the monitor realm really would just apply that instead of arguing amongst themselves, a lot of the newer people, it's, some of it's just factual information. It's not opinions. Right. You, you get what I'm saying? And I think that. Everyone can say, well, in my opinion, but that means that you're you, you're saying that it's a cop out. You're saying that because what you're saying isn't based in fact. And if you sell it from that version, because even when Andrew Llewellyn explained it on a couple podcasts he's done for, at, you know, on Owens or whatever, he was on a, I think it's Moralia Python. And he was saying the same exact thing. Like he just said it in a nicer way. Me, I'm just talking about <laughs> the edges and I'll get on there and be like, oh, you're, you know, it's just going to die, you know, but people get offended by that. So there's a little, you know, soft skills are important, but they're not really there in the monitor community because we may have lost an animal to a mistake years and years ago. And it's a flashback and we're like, oh, you know, and so. And you kind of have that. I mean, you have that responsibility to make sure that people aren't getting in it for the wrong reasons or doing the wrong thing because, yeah. I mean, these are big animals. They are animals that, I mean, have consequences, stuff like that. So you, you don't want anyone messing up your hobby because, you know, you want everyone to be responsible because you don't want them to mess up. And you don't want, you, you know? yeah, and the monitor, the monitor section of it is just like, I think for what I'm told, it was when I first got into it, um, it was, it was really with the forum before Facebook really, really made a hard hit with their reptile community, like the forums were just hard. 
You know, and it's, it's guys like I know that their screen name and they're friends with me now. And I know that they were that screen name years ago. <laughs> they don't know what my screen name was, but I'm like, OK, they're good. You know, but the, it's just people don't understand what they type is perceived differently than what they, you know. And so a lot of times the forums I would get like kicked out of, I want kicked out of forums. And, you know, my wife was like, oh, I'm going to shut down your capability, you know, because, <laughs> you know, at my temper, she's like, yo, you just, you cannot get this serious. It's just a hobby. But I think even with Facebook, you see kind of things are coming to roost because all the veteran guys have left. A lot of them are older and a lot of them have different priorities, but they still have their collections and they're private. Mm. And I think that the monitor... I call it the the monitor mafia, you know, not in a bad way. I think it, it was the, these guys were really close. It was really close knit. You know, everybody knew everybody. Everybody knew everything, knew about everyone. And now mm -hmm. this thing blew up open. So it was like I think that it was a very socially introverted yeah, community. So when you so you know if you get somebody that's not if you get a any type of element that's that's that enclosed and you try to expose it to the world, it doesn't go well. And <laughs> Facebook is like a blowtorch. Like Instagram, you won't get the negativity. Yeah. It's a smaller, it's a smaller group. You get what I'm saying? Facebook is just like the Wild West. But what I saw was is that even in over time, you don't know how tired that veteran guy is of saying the same thing over and over again. So yeah. one of the reasons I made my YouTube is because one, the guys wouldn't the mind before the Robert Faust uh spoke to me and And there's not many monitor guys putting information out there to the public. And it and it's 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 almost like everybody doesn't need to own the retic because it gets super big. You know what I mean? But there's people that are responsible enough to own them. And I think it's the same thing holds true for monitors. Uh, this, these things, these things in the wrong hands, really big. So I think we see that in yeah. retics, but the thing in retics is there's mutations and there yeah. is a market where they're trying to get people into their little pyramid scheme. So, <laughs> so I feel I won't, like I won't say it. I won't say it. I'll, I'll let you say it. Cause I'm not a snake guy. Yeah. So it's like, so I think it may be different, but do you see that happening a little bit with water monitors now that black dragons are coming into and stuff like that, that? I think that there's like a civil war going on with the water monitors. It's 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 crazy, but it's one of those communities, uh, monitors in general, where uh, guys like Kevin McClurry, like he he's a he's one of the founding founding fathers as far as making this a marketable business. Mm -hmm. Guys, people have to like him. I don't know the guy personally. If I ever do, don't care. But it's just like I I recognize what he's, what done. he's done. Just like Brian Barcheck, we have to, we had you have to give credit. Like it's I'm from South Philly, you gotta respect what you may <laughs> you know you may not like the drug dealer on the block, but he's employing everybody. You know, so everybody's eating, and he may and be so, keeping you safe. Yeah, too. so it's, it's it's like Saddam. Somebody when they go and clap the drug dealer, it's like stick up kids are on the rise, and people are getting their heads cut off. Like that's that's and that's true stuff that happened. Selfly, but as I look at it, not to compare them to drug dealers, but it's they have they, people. Some people aren't happy with their service from certain people, but they're big businesses, and some people are going to fall through the cracks. Right. Um, I don't make excuses for anyone, but at the same time, it's it things happen. And, but I think that like with that, with the with the water monitor thing, is I think that nerd gave this image that water monitors were like these dog, puppy dog tame animals. And prehistoric pets also did the same thing with their sulfurs with their, years ago with their sulfur project. So the guys that are in the hobby, we know, okay, that's nice. That'd be nice in the collection. I could set it up in this many feet by this many feet. We're already thinking that. Mm -hmm. A newer person is, it's an impulse buy. 
So it's, oh, I'm going to get this because it's awesome. It's also valuable and you can yeah. reproduce it. And But they don't know how much has gone into it, you know? So a lot of these guys were rooted in, in snakes. So they already have the incubator set up. They already have everything. They, they play with the numbers, you know? If you're, if you're starting out like me, straight monitors, I'm picking a monitor that hasn't been bred in the United States in 20 years. There's a lot of veteran guys that don't give me any shit because they're like, if you want to deal with them, go ahead. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm like, yeah, I want to deal with them. Like, but that's part of the challenge that I like. I've been close twice. And, and it's just, but close is not breeding, you know? And it's just a thing where, but at the same time, I look at the climate of the hobby and I'm like, damn, do I want to breed? Because I know how delicate it can be for a person that's just beginning. A veteran guy is going to take care of them just fine. And we always say that they're easy, mm-hmm. but it's 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 harder for someone that's just starting out. Trying to tell somebody they got to build an eight foot box, you know? But no, you got to have a smaller one first. It's a lot, you know, and, and the startup costs just don't equate to the headache of actually breeding them out. There's not many people willing to put that money into a dog. Yeah, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and my thing is to have a healthy female of any animal, you want to breed them because you want them to pass fertile eggs instead of infertile eggs, you know, that whole rigmarole. I'm going to, I'm going to still try because I have all these animals. I ain't got nothing else to do with them, but to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it is, is that the water monitors and the fact that, you know, I think it was Savannah's also made it to where it was one of those things where we really, really, really made that. Well, not we would, they made this environment that was simply just kind of septic, but it helped the hobby. You get what I'm saying? It, it added, it, it brought camaraderie in and, and toned down some of the, some of the aggression, but at the same time, it it's like a double-edged sword. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it comes down to, I know nerds sometimes, and like I know people that bought things from nerds, and they'll they'll contact me, and I don't even know these people. They're like, "Yeah, well, it's not tame." I'm like, uh, it, "Nerd, uh, you, I, it's not my responsibility." Call, call. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, well, this, what do you? I'll say, well, "How are you setting it up?" And of course, they're trying to play with it because that's what they see nerd do. Mm-hmm. But this animal might be calm, but it's in shock because it's in a new environment. And it's also building that relationship. I mean, these animals can change you know they can change person to person from what i hear i mean they can recognize humans they can recognize people yes i know animals that have come to me that were like batshit crazy and going back to the owners i've had animals i've had or i've had ornates that i've gotten from some some guys that are breeders that they brought them in or whatever and they'll be like yeah it ate at my house it it won't eat at my house but it'll eat at his house like literally light and day but that's more of an advanced issue you would have because we're dealing with such a volume of animals you know i've had over 21 ornates you know, and the thing is, is that the ones that I keep and don't resell or, you know, uh, give back to the breeders or whatever, like, are the best of the best. They they have the, the you know, these are the ones with the best, you know, pigment. They're, they, they're the best feeders. I'm more worried about an animal feeding well, digesting well. Like, that's my first thing because as a breeder, you know, I'm coming from dogs, you know, and stuff like that. I I want a healthy animal. I want a healthy bloodline. So I have to look at it like that. And that's probably why I'm so anal retentive with a lot of the stuff. Cause I'm like, no, I need you to be tractable and healthy. I just don't want it to happen, you know? And that's pretty much what it is. But I think the monitors in general, it's a lot of mystery to it because a lot of the veteran guys are just tired and, and, it's, and there's not going to be sympathy for you if the person doesn't know you. Mm-hmm. So when the person says, what I want, I got this water monitor and then they show a picture of it in a fish tank. And then this guy that's been doing it for 20 years is like, oh, you're an asshole. You're fucking stupid. It's going to die. Rah, rah. Then the bandwagon starts. Yeah. yeah. And then most of the time when that starts is these are guys that really haven't, aren't the, the governing people. 
Because even like Kevin McClure, he's a lot nicer to the people on his on his urban dinosaur thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even the prehistoric pest guys, they're a lot nicer. You know, a lot of urban guys aren't really that bad. It's just that you have the you, you have the you have the you have the guys in the middle there that might might have had an animal for two years or three years. It got bigger. It's overfed and obese, but can't tell them that. But they're 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 experts, so they beat up on the new guy. So the new guy ends up. A lot of times, that's how I get a lot of my followers and a lot of people contacting me because they're like, you know, nobody wants to tell me anything. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of my videos started going more toward reptile education for monitors as opposed to just being ornate. Because how many people have ornate? It's like two. You know, how many survive? Like one a year? <laughs> you know what I mean? So when I started doing those videos... And expanding. Yeah. You know, like, it... it, it it made in a very as close as I could get to saying it in English, you know, because I'm not a I'm not a bio guy. So but so I'm not gonna totally black out on terms. So I just try to keep it as as basic as possible. So when I do the mind closures, it's more of a if you could at least strive to this, and this is I want twelve foot by twelve foot by twelve foot for my animals, you know, I want crazy space. But if you could at least go and try to do this, because I was against bioactivity for a while. Yeah. yeah, I had a buddy, Gerald Rico, who's like one of my like biggest uh like assets in this hobby next to Andrew Llewellyn and Owen McIntyre like um like those guys right there like they 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 get on me you know what I mean like especially early on like it was hard like it was you know he he was he's the one bioactivity man you gotta do it you gotta do it and I'm like oh you know the hell with that you know whatever but it works like cages don't smell I'm like oh okay you know whatever yeah that was a question like do you have problems with mold keeping it high humidity um I use coconut coir or coconut husk or the eco earth and I buy it in bulk and it's huge. I buy everything like wholesale in bulk. And what I'll do is that tends not to hold but go ahead. I was gonna ask you how much you get it for. Joe is a distributor. No, no, no. I'm curious and I'll forget. Write it down. Now you gotta plug your stuff. No, no, no. If anyone wants to buy, you are a distributor. No, no, don't worry. Coco. And if you want to buy the pallet, you have it for sale. Yeah, there you go. You can buy the, buy the pallet. So no shipping. You're in Philly. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So they. So um, and one of the things I did was when I got my coconut coir, I went to a hydroponics distributor, and I really got. Well, into we sell it to half weed growers and half reptiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Them, those guys are the masters of humidity. So a lot yeah. of what I've learned about humidity came from hydroponics. And I've never grown like any type of weed or anything. But it, it, it's the thing where those guys were like a wealth of knowledge. So I'm really good at like cross-referencing and, and adding this to this and taking what I need from different things. So with the coconut coir, it doesn't really mold. Um, everything molds. Eventually, if there's a piece mm-hmm. of raw uh, fecal matter just bare and the lights are out, it's going to mold. If it sits there, it's going to mold. Just, you know, it's a different type of, you know, whatever. But... I get a lot of success with the coconut coir. All the grass is grown in coconut coir. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. That's not soil. You know, and then I'm in I'm in the city. Where am I? No, I'm not getting I'm not I'm not because I, I know some monitor guys are dig up dirt from the God backyard. Bless, God bless them. God bless them. I don't have that luxury. That's city dirt. I don't know what that <laughs> is. You know, I don't know what's in there. So I'm not, you know, and I try to do the soil. But when you do a lot of soils, a lot of times it'll have like fertilizers in it. And it's hard to get organic soil from Home Depot and Lowe's and the Ace Hardware's. Uh, and my thing is with the coconut coir, I can I expand it in scalding hot water. That's another way I boost the the humidity. Is when I'm setting the enclosure, I expand it out, throw it in there, get that going, and then the pill bugs. You know, I'll grab a couple out of another enclosure, throw them in there. 
you know, because I, f- I forget where I got my pill bugs from, but I got a starter set and they just multiply like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I went outside, got a couple of centipedes, threw those in there. You know, <laughs> spiders invited themselves. In. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, so there's a whole ecosystem going on. So I don't get I don't have the issue because the pill bugs handle the waste, mm-hmm. you know, and my ordinary monitors, they go to the bathroom in the water. So I have, you know, uh, sump pumps and stuff like that. And I change the water like whenever they're, whenever it's dirty, I change it. You know, I'm not, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to sit here and make up a story like I sit here and change water every day. Mm-hmm. No monitor guy is doing that every single day because every day they're not going to the bathroom in the water, but they also drink that water. So you want to, you know, four, four o'clock in the morning, I'm in the basement checking enclosures, you know. And so what happens is with that, because they because it's more centralized, it cuts down on. Now, summertime, I got to be on top of it. That's an everyday change because they're eating more things like that. I don't feed them very heavy. I feed them just enough. You know, um, I don't feed them till they're bloated. I feed them like they might eat on a, re- a regular summer diet. They'll have like three crabs uh, and two chicks, you know, two feeder chicks. You know, everything's frozen. Everything's frozen thawed. And that, that, that'd be a meal right there. You know, I'm not trying to, I want them to grow slow. I want their bones to develop nicely. You know, just like, you know, I'm not trying to power grow anything, you know, because but their metabolism is a lot slower. So that's going to be fat, mm-hmm. you know? So my thing is, is that with water monitors, the same thing there, but their metabolism are a lot higher. That's why I've never, I, even though I've had a lot of water monitors, I, ne- I never end up keeping them because they throw off my whole feed schedule Yeah. and my food costs go through the roof because they're, they're hungrier a lot, off, a lot more often. You know, I'm kind of spoiled with my ornates because I think my food cost a month might be like might be like five hundred, you know, and in the winter it's about three fifty roughly, which is still crazy. So say how many animals you have. So right now on site I have six. So keep in mind we have about we have well over a hundred animals, and ours is a little bit less. You guys got a lot going on, so but I take up way less space than your and six. And, and our rodent bill is smaller than yours. Well, <laughs> you got also. Bill. Let me say this uh, as a disclaimer: like like I said, I'm anorotentive, so. I'm going, and Gerald Rigo, like me and him are like, feet, and Andrew Llewellyn, we are feeder psychos. We will go out and get conch. We'll get like what? snails. We'll, we'll, if we can find it, we'll buy, we have, we like. Do like, you brag when you find like a rare sea creature? To oh, it's, it's on Instagram. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, I got today. Like, I, I bought, I bought, I, it's funny. I bought two live eels one time oh, and they were like. Four feet apiece. And then I realized that e- eels are toxic, so I couldn't feed them. So what did you do with them? Like, I ended up like, they're not, they're, I don't have them anymore. So, so, but it's, so a lot of times I'll, I'll call, I'll call people and I'm like, yo, I got, I found this at the Asian market. They're live. You know, they have crawfish, you know, boom. Do you, have, do you need any? And a lot of times, like, we'll call one another, you know, when we can, you know, because, if I if they only got ten pounds, that's my ten pounds. But if they have twenty, I might call one of my buddies. And be like, yo, do you need X Y Z? And they're like, yeah, pick them up. They PayPal me. It's it's it, but see that's but now now I understood probably what the closeness was to that monitor community back in the day, back in the nineties and eighties and up and everything. So because it's really like I know what you're going through because you're feeding what you're feeding. Like I'll feed, I'll go I go to a a fish distributor down. Um, um, Packer Avenue, you guys know where that is, down near the stadiums. Like you know where the stadiums. Oh yeah, yeah nah, down near nah. the stadiums. Huge uh, Samuel and Sons. I go to them and I'll, I'll buy trout. 
It comes out of Ohio, you know, and, and so I'll buy trout year round. I'll buy huge boxes of trout and it costs me a fortune. You know, like I'll spend nine hundred dollars. You always smell like fish, probably. No, no, you know what? No, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you like like when I get when I get feeders, I clean everything, glove up, clean it, and I package everything in little portions. And I the way I put everything in, I, my meal prep is crazy. Meal like prep. nobody, I don't like when it comes down to my meal prep. Like I play no games with that. Like everything is like flattened out and just breaks off cleanly. And I, you know, you've seen my stuff. Like everything, yeah. I, I have like the yeah. quail eggs and you know the the chick, and it'll have I'll have my Missouri gel and all of that for vitamins, and they'll get their. Oh, stuff. so there you do have to. There's like vitamins I'll do I'll do my female my my adult female. I'll supplement her. <laughs> Because after after a late season, it's kind of hard on them. So I'll give her a vitamin supplementation. And Missouri, uh, I got turned on to that by Andrew. And he was like, yeah, I use Missouri. So I started off with the, the, the crock bites. And because that was formulated for animals in Africa, that's where I correlated using that. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. and, it, and it worked out pretty well. I use it as a supplementation just to keep get her back on track because she is a rehab. And she has this, all these weird ailments because she is a rehab. Um she she when she lays they're really hard on her body my younger animals they don't care you know i just give it to them maybe once a week and they're good you know what i mean i because they're 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 jello molds so i'll actually do the molds you know what i mean and my wife's just looking at me like whatever but you know i'll do the molds put them in there and they they eat all their food they're good and you know at the same time i feed them such a variety that i don't have feeding issues they'll get their mouths every once in a blue moon but mm -hmm. for the most part i don't try to excessively feed them mice usually uh, before a hard winter, I like kind of feed them a little heavier so they can retain the fat in the base of their tail so they don't get too skinny. Because just in case they go off and feed like this cold snap now, like I can go and feed an adult or an eight once a week because I know her digestion. She might want the food, but that doesn't mean I need to feed her because I know it's not going to die. It may not. It might not digest in the time it needs to. So when I know it's going to be 40 during the day, I know that I, I'll bump my heat in my house and it'll just be like hell in there. You know, and then I know everybody's digesting on time. You know? I think that's one of the hardest things for a lot of keepers across the board to understand that just because your animal wants food doesn't mean you need to feed it right then. And that, and that's and that's the thing. I think that's the thing with the reptile thing. It's part of the appeal of the reptile hobby is the feeding part. It's the awesomeness. It's like some weird thing we have in our brain that no one else has. It's like, oh man, did you see it? Because you know, I got scolded real heavy by like a lot of the veterans in the, in the monitor thing about live feeding videos, feeding live. I was doing yeah, that. I was because I, I didn't I didn't know the rules. So with, with the monitor guys, and a lot of people are gonna you know may argue against it. There's a lot of rules, and if you follow the rules, like Grimmins, there really are. You know, it's yeah. a lot of rules, and it's a lot of things that are unsaid. And because if you say the wrong thing in public, people take it the wrong way. So I've been, I had my hand smacked on so many things. So it's just one of those things where it's best practice, and that's the best thing that we have. To, we have to go with it, and I think that it's just it's a hard hobby, a part of the hobby to be into. And I don't think I think that the roughness needs to remain because it kind of weeds people out. Like I have people that. I've had my troll. I love all my trolls. Shout out to all my trolls. You know, um, like I get some of the stuff I used to see in my inbox, just crazy, you know, and, but at the same time, they always die off because once they realize the information I'm putting out is basic info. I'm not saying this is how I do it. Screw this guy. Screw that guy. You know, it's, I'm not get, I'm not playing that type of game because I'm worried about the animal's welfare. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to say build your enclosure. I'm always going to say high humidity. I'm always going to say don't touch your animal for 60 days. There's exceptions to every rule. Everybody's always going to be that one guy. 
well, I've played with mine every day. I'm like, well, your animal might have Down syndrome. You know what I mean? I don't know. It might be, <laughs> might be a little slow. Because I know a healthy ornate is going to come for that ass. You know what I mean? So it's just. <laughs> They're just not hot enough, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot and, of and really you know, and chill you know what? savannas. But, but, and, but and I'm going to say this in the defense of newcomers to the monitor hobbies, whether you're dealing with Ackies, Waters, uh, Doreenus, you know, anything, you know. Uh, Doreenus is a little, a lot of people don't get those, but Niles. Everybody started somewhere. A lot of us started with fish tanks, whether it was in the 80s or the 90s, you know, our fishbowl, you know. Um, everybody understands where you're coming from. And I think the problem with the hobby, especially, is that people forget. Luckily, we didn't have Facebook when we did that shit. I had a heat rock, you know. So I had like a couple of them. Oh, this broke. I'm going to get another one. Like, you know what I mean? It was just the way it was. You know, humidity. What's that? I don't care. You know, no, I was in the military. had stuff in my wall locker. Like, you know, it was like Ace Ventura when you open it up, you know. And it was just like, that's where the BH in my the BH Varanus, the BH actually stands for Black Hannah. Because that's where people were calling me when I was in the service. Like Jack Hannah, they would call me Black Hannah, because obviously my <laughs> ebony splendor. But it's just like, you know, it, that's where I got the BH stands for that because I just those guys gave me that name and it was like But then when I started watching Jungle Jack Hannah in his younger days, you know, and I was like, Oh man, he's talking about about responsibility. E. But then you know, but then he turns around, he has like a lion in his in his head in his house, you know. Right. But it's just but at the same time it was like the responsibility started hitting me and I was like, okay, well, you know, BH Varanis, that, that'll work. You know what I mean? A little, a little homage to that. But I think the, the monitor community as a whole, like humidity is the most important thing with any monitor. I know even with like black throats, like some animals, you just need a greenhouse and nobody wants to, people don't want to admit it because once you realize you're doing something wrong, it takes a hell of a mature person to say, I'm wrong. Let me fall back from Facebook. Let me take all my crappy pictures down. Let me work some extra hours or get a part-time job, build my stuff. You, you know, because some people have to do yeah. what they have to do because it's an impulse buy. It's not if you're at a if you're at a reptile show and you see a fifteen dollar Nile, you're grabbing it. And then ornates are like fifty bucks, sixty bucks sometimes. You know, like there. So it's one of these things where people they're easy access. You're not going to really see that with a nerd albino or you know. Yeah, because uh, the the price weeds out. The- yeah, and that's one of the things too. So it, it's the, the inflated price weeds out the bad people, but you still have guys that. And still, you still want some people to get their start because you don't want no one to get them. You want some, but we want, people. but 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 you want the people. We, who we are want those stars to be with. I hate to say we want those stars to be with like bearded dragons. Yeah, 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 you know things with you know the things even that, a tegu savannah just not a tegu tegu no. I mean anything that things with less teeth. You know what I mean with with, yeah. with, with, with a smaller side with a smaller uh the, the surface. Well, I'm saying there's obviously the levels. There's levels yeah. to it. But because, don't go straight to ornate. Yeah, cause, yeah, because ornates. I don't. I, I like the. I like it when the, I like the things are changing now, and my YouTube has helped out a lot. I feel. I feel with that species because I get a lot of people. You know, oh, I follow your YouTube, and I'm like, okay. And I have. I had one guy recently. Like he did such a good enclosure. I was like, oh. Okay, like, 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 it's almost like, damn, like you never like, expect like, someone to follow your advice. Yeah, you know, when you do it, you're like, yeah, it's only, I only have like two thousand followers, dude. It, I'm not, I'm nowhere near like nerd level, but it's just like, but at the same time, it's kind of like, damn, like, okay, so yeah, it, it's, it's it's working, and the hobby is maturing. So not to take anything away from any of the newcomers, but it's it's maturing in a way where people are realizing, let me build this up. I've had like three people say, 
I watch your videos. I'm really trying to figure out and wrap my head around getting into Ornate because they are more affordable. So that is going to be a go-to monitor a lot of times. And the thing is, just like with Niles, just like with uh, Wildcard uh, water monitors. So my thing is, is like we want. I, I've given, I've given, and I've, I've made it verbal where I'm like, I'm really proud of the hobby in the direction that it's going. I just wish a lot of the veteran guys. I wish the patience and the stick to was on the veteran guys too to come back a little bit, even if it's for like once a month. Because at least if you did it that way, then people would be respectful. Because like, he's only here once a month. Let's be nice, you know. You're talk to us. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, and it, it's it's just I had to, you know, like I said, like I'm gonna say Andrew's name a million times because when I started out, I was already on YouTube and doing, and, and we, he, you know, he he's in PA too. So if you're in PA, you're gonna dunk, you're gonna bump into Owen and Andrew, and it's just like he really he didn't tell me everything. He made me work for a lot of it, but it's just like I'm not a moron and I had access to the information, <laughs> but it's just like. You know, even with him, he you know he would be like, "Look, I'm not trying to," you know, because he had to be he because so many people are, are are sensitive, and it's like you just bought a carnivorous lizard and you have sensitivity issues when someone tells you how to do it. So, but my thing is, I think it works both ways, and I try to be respectful to people and just tell them. Now I just give them a link to my video instead of putting it. I don't put myself through it because I, at one point I felt myself it was weighing on me. Right. a lot more lately. You have to. You have to have. And a good thing about your podcast is that you you guys are talking about everything so if you get a question about anything podcast yeah you know what i mean like, well and then i'll send them a link and then they'll ask me a question that is on that like i'll send people an article yeah, and then and then they'll send me a question i'm like hey man that was in that article and then after that i'm like you're donezo with me man that's it, <laughs> it but here, but i love you all because if you're <laughs> but the price that the price you pay there there's a price for being public yeah and the price that you pay is you have to invest more in your patience. And I had to learn that. And my godfather's Italian, so he gives me all these, he's straight from Italy, so he gives me all these Italian proverbs. And it's just like, <laughs> he's like, kid, ah, you know, I'm just like, you know, but he told me before I even started, when, once you go public, you got to be careful and you have to be patient because that one person you do wrong could just make your life a living hell when sometimes it's just a link away. And sometimes some people, I just keep sending them links. You know, people have water monitors, I'll send them to Vital Exotics page because they have a great care sheet. You know, um, I'll, you know, if, if a person has a question and I don't know, I'll ask somebody that does. You know, you guys do colubrids. I'll call you like, okay, so I got this person. What do I need to tell them? You know, or what can I send them? You know, I try to I try to weed through and I try to like help people as much as possible because there's not a lot of people with patience, mm-hmm. but it's something that needs to be learned. And Facebook, I, just, I think over time people are learning that the arguments aren't worth it. Because you look like a tool when you start arguing, whether you whether you're right yeah, or wrong. you're the one who looks bad when you're being an asshole. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. not getting one over on that person. Everyone's just like, well, most people are like, yeah, you know. You know I, and I've been in isolated spats, but what what I do is I just try to watch my tone because a lot of times when people say stuff, it, when you read it, you have so much pride in your animal and what you're doing. You got you go like ah, you know, somebody calls an ornate a Nile. It just it just sets me on fire. <laughs> but guess what? The paper is out there. Is the paper accepted? From what I'm told, no. And that's that's that's. But I see both these animals. I know that they're different. You know what I mean? Two totally different personalities. And you know, one's hardier than the other. One's more terrestrial than the other. You know what I mean? One's isolated to a particular area. You know, and even like I said, bio, from a biological standpoint. Um, but I think it's one of those things where I just I just hold it in. I'm like, no, that's an ornate, and I just leave it at that. You know, I don't get. As much as the the fight back as I used to get, 
But my thing is I have so many, I'm like, it's not like I have one ornate and I'm sitting here talking about how awesome ornates are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's only a couple of guys. It, I'll say Brian Waterloo, Andrew Llewellyn, Robert Faust. I'm quite sure there's like another guy in there, another two guys in there that I may not know or whatever. But when it comes to Africa, those are your guys. Mm-hmm. Me with ornates, they respectfully don't bother me and let me just have the helm because nobody wants to be bothered with them. They love ornates. All those guys love ornates, but you know, I'm the one being vocal. So why not? You know, these guys have been around for 20 years. Why not give them a break? You know, but it's just, I wish they were here because it would be less work for me. You know, I wish for the day that, you know, Brian Waterloo pops up on a Facebook feed, you know, Robert (laughs) Faust is out there, you know, but you know, these guys have been in the game for so long. You know what I mean? It's like, you, we, I can't ask them to be, additionally patient you know because when people yeah. are being so aggressive and i see that the monitor thing is just these are animals that get really big a lot of them and it's it's in the wrong hands it's like a loaded gun all we need is somebody's animal get out and something happen you, you know what i mean accidents happen and and i think that's where a lot of it comes in at you know but you know yeah it's it's pretty much it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a perfect it's a perfect, it's a, it's a perfect imperfection. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, I don't like, I don't like the negativity. I don't like the lack of information that's out, but I know why it's there. And it took years for me to realize like, oh, okay, damn. I, okay. I can't say this public because this is going to go be taken this way. You know, like I have this, I put a meme up. It has rock in the vent and it has the rock and Vin Diesel face to face. And it says, or it says water monitor guys versus ornate monitor guys. <laughs> yeah. It lasted for a couple of hours on monitors and tegus forum before like, Someone got to uh, take there. it down, you know what I mean? So it's just, but you know, every once in a while, you know, I'll start a little riff, but at the same time, I think water monitors, there, there's more information out there. And I think people, a lot more people keep them. Um, I think a lot of them are overfed, stuff like that, whatever. But like I said, they're a more tractable animal. If you're going to, if you want something that's going to be a pet, that's what we kind of gear people toward. Um, with savannas, they're predominantly insectivores. Yeah, I've seen savannas like, you know, I've seen savannas like owned by some people that don't look like your regular savanna. Well, feeding rats, I'm sure, is very different than feeding insects. I yeah, mean, it's, 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 it has a lot to do with the fat content in the rodents. And you can't, I can't sit here and say, tell people not to feed whole prey and not to feed rodents because sometimes that's what you have. You got to feed what you have. Philly is an agricultural state. Just farms everywhere. Like I drive to Lancaster and get fertile quail eggs to feed my monitors. Yeah, okay, whatever. No one's gonna spend two hundred dollars for that except for me. You know what I mean? But you feed yourself as well as you feel feed your. Oh yeah, me and my wife are like it's like food networking here. Like so, it's just like we have every kitchen name. We gotta have. I'll have you guys over. So it's just you got the right tail. So it's just like my wife. Yeah. So yeah. So it's we're. Yeah, we're 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 very good. Yeah, no, we're we're just. She's from the south. She's hardcore. I'm more the chef guy. This the honey scallops and all of that. You know. Do you do you cook some of the seafood? You pick up some of your own food. You cook. Some no, of the seafood only thing. My wife is from the south, so I'm not allowed to feed Dungeness crabs anymore to my animals because I was feeding them Dungeness. I was literally buying Dungeness crabs for my ornates and cracking the shell. I, like, I, I was giving them. I was giving them Dungeness crab. I was giving them Dungeness crabs on a half shell. <laughs> And my wife just like lost her. She like lost her shit and like raided the deep freezer. It was like, no, we're no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. So the green crabs are small and they're bait crabs, so I can get it. Crawfish, she doesn't eat crawfish. Lobster, I can't do lobster anymore. Um, it's a couple things like you know. But like I said, like I have a different financial situation than most people, and I also want to state this is like 
if you have an Asian market, be careful with the food. Read the backs of it. Try to get as fresh as you can. Oh, okay. So Philly has a lot of Asian markets, has a lot of farms. There's a lot of marinas right there. You know, we have a, a fish season, a solid one. You know what I mean? Um, we have uh, rodent breeders, you know, that that supply chicks. I can go. I can. I, I've hatched my own quail eggs, you know, stuff like that. So it's, you know what I mean? Like I have this. I'm, you know, someone in Montana may have some issues. You got to do mice. And and so that's yeah. why I've never made a video or outwardly said, like, what I really feel about the rodents, because it's not going to help the hobby. And the last thing I needed to be the root of someone's conversation on Facebook. And then someone saying, Dorian, JP, you need to holler at them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, you know, it's, it's I don't need the the Voltron call where somebody, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so like, I try, so it's, it's almost, so what I tell people is, that when it comes to monitors, try your best to figure out what best practice is and figure out what is the most rational thing for you to do in your area that you that you're that's available. Sometimes, you know, they've streamlined the feeder process where they come in baggies like dog food now. You know? And I think um it's called Lane Labs is one. You know, you have your rolling pros. I'm not I'm not affiliated with any of them. I don't actually buy food from any of them. I've done Lane Labs once, um, but I like to see my food when I grab it. So I, I'll go to Expo and grab a big, you know, thing of like chicks. I want to see the food that I'm grabbing. But I'm also a guy trying to breed something that hasn't bred in damn it 20 years. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just trying to make sure that I dot all my I's and cross all my T's. And I'm quite sure other people have gone through the same thing. And it's a blessing that I'm respected and not bred. Because if you're not a breeder, it's like, who the hell are you? But at the same time, it's like. Yeah, but I ain't no damn fool either. And it's like I'm putting in the time. And I've been so close, but close is not breeding. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You don't get a cigar for being close. You get a cigar for doing it twice. You know what I mean? Robert Faust has already done it. Yeah, the once, trophy, once a, is a tro- mistake. Well, well, no. Well, the thing is that Robert Faust, and he, he was so, he, like, he has the power. He, the, the dude is on top of his game. Like, if he really wanted to do it consecutively he could like mm-hmm. i really do and i wish he would then it would take the heat off of me and i could just like make my videos but it's just like because you still got to put up what are you gonna do with 22 to 45 babies Ooh. wait a second that's how big their clutches are yeah my, her my, my my adult animal her clutch she has about 22 eggs a year the most she ever had was 41 and those are infertile man so so it's not the female cycling it's the male fertilizing the eggs what Typically, when it comes to breeding, so you've been unsuccessful because you haven't had a male fertilize the eggs, but she will pass eggs. She'll, she'll, well, she, like I said, she's a rehab, so her infertiles are getting cleaner and cleaner. Um, I just got yelled at by my wife this year, kind of sorta, because I didn't um, incubate two eggs that probably that looked really good. Because I could have got parthos, you know, parthenogenesis eggs, because you because they do do that. Um, a lot of monitors do. Um, to me, that doesn't count. Oh, so me, your male, your males weren't big enough. Though, no, my male wasn't. I, he passed away two months ago of cancer. Mm-hmm. That was a male that I lost. He was a bulldog. He, he but and he was like the only. He he would like really. They, but he never got the job done for whatever. She was. I missed it. I missed the window, mm-hmm. and I should have took a day off from work when I didn't. <laughs> and it was like, oh, this Hannah, and she wasn't feeling it, you know. And it's just like, but they, he tried. He was a he was a, he was a trooper, and it that hurt me a lot. And I lost a pair. And they were misdiagnosed by the vet. They had she we we used Panicure when we should have used Batril. And they ended up both had heartworms and they both came in as subadults. So they were already ready to go. They were already bonded, the whole nine. Like they were going at it. I had videos, like I was getting to hobby. You're like, here it goes. This is it. I'm like, you about to do it. And it's just like, ah, like I'm so close. And my thing is if somebody 
got lucky, God bless him, do it twice. Yeah. Only person that doesn't have to do it twice is Robert Faust. You know what I mean? Because to me, like, <laughs> like it's certain people that just it's like they don't they don't need to explain themselves. You know, because mm. he's such a nice guy and he's so open to everybody. But talking to him and knowing the knowledge he has, you know what I mean? How he applies things, like it's just it, it was like okay, yeah, I need to do it twice. I need to do it twice. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not Robert Faust. I'm not Brian Wardle. I'm not Andrew Lewis. I need to do it twice, and then. I'll probably never do it again, unless unless <laughs> unless my animals have to, because I'd rather my females pass, you know, fertile eggs as opposed to sticky infertile eggs. And it, it's 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 tough, but like I said, this is the road I chose, and I think a lot of people try to breed, and I think some people just get really good females that are very durable to the captive environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ornates are very sensitive to it, but I, I'm quite sure somebody will get lucky, throw them in their snake incubator, you know what I mean, and say, "Oh, I'm bred, I've bred them already." You know, you do it twice, you got me sold. You know, but that's what that's at this point. That's my goal: two, three times. That way, I can write me a little paper. You know, have it rejected again because I, I wrote one paper, I wrote one publication on that was reaffirming them having a a uh, crustacean based diet. And that got rejected because I'm not a biologist, and apparently it was a crappy paper. But I tried my best. It was an observation, <laughs> you know, because it's just it's different. Because I write financial stuff, so I, I can write a financial publication. I, it's different writing a, a bio. You know what I mean? I had all the Celsius and all that, but it was like, you know, uh, bio. I, you even went to the metric system. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did the whole thing, and it was like all my bio buddies were just being like soft about it. Like, yeah, I think it just wasn't given because of this. And it was, I was like, is it crappy? You're not a biologist. You know what I mean? So it's just like, but I try, you know, as, as, and it's, and it, I'm going to revise it and rework it and all that. And I got a biologist that's, that's willing to work with me on it. But at the same time, it's like the videos get the people a lot better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that paper that I'm doing is just reaffirming something that I was yeah. already A YouTube discovered. video is a lot more digestible to the average person. <sighs> New media. And yeah. it's, it's and I wish people knew how powerful that is for our community and people getting into you know these kinds of animals. I, I think like a lot of your videos, I saw a lot of your videos, and I and I like the direction that it's going. And yours are way flasher, and they're like magic school bus, and they're all nice. <laughs> and, uh, mine are like all dark and like you know they have that that evil urban air, and you know, and then I <laughs> pop out with a twelve letter word, and they're like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just it's what it is. But I think there you know there's a place for both because it's like if you want to stop it from dying. This is, you know, this is what it is. I don't, you know, straight no chaser. But at the same time, I wish I could do a, vi- I wish I could do videos like you guys. You know, there's another guy that does skinks. I forget his name. Um, okay, if you hear his name too, uh, he does great videos. He's like a zoologist. Just do- I called him up like, dude, don't you ever stop? Like, cause he's talking about a lot of things I talk about. He does it better. I'm like, keep keep your page, cause I'm just trying to put things together over here. You know, so cause my thing, a lot of stuff that I do, I know that it's not reasonable from a financial standpoint. For people to try to do, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, I budget. Literally, I budget. Like I have a whole like, I have a whole write off that I do with my food. You know, like I have money that goes to a certain account and it looks a certain way at a certain time of year. You know, that's just what it is. Like even when it comes to buying monitors, certain guys know if Dorian is not gonna go past a certain point. Like I'm like super. Super frugal with that, you know. What I mean, I'm just like, nah, 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 nah. I don't know where it came from, good, you know. What I mean, for but you give me an ornate and it's healthy, I might spend fifteen hundred dollars on it because I'm that's what I that's what I like, that's what I that's what I deal with. Mm-hmm. And the ornates tend to roll with my schedule a lot better too because they don't require the attention that a a, a water monitor needs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and that's and that's just pretty much just that's just me making sure I had an animal that curtailed to my lifestyle 
And I think that's one of the issues with the reptile industry. Yeah. People aren't picking animals that are conducive to how they live. Like some people just need to have geckos. <laughs> like no, seriously. And that's all they can handle. Seriously, that's okay. like seriously, and, you know, yeah. it's like the kid that buys a red ear slider and then he goes away to college and his family's like, "Yo, I won't die." Like he's like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It snakes are more the apartment pet. You know, that's why the snake industry is like disused, and the modern industry is. You know, it there's certain things that are more conducive to a person's lifestyle, and I think that ornate monitors and black throats and. You know, I even throw salves in there. Like, you got to know what you're getting yourself into. And you have to be ready to build that enclosure or find somebody that does. If you don't know know how to do it, hire a cabinet maker. You know what I mean? You're going to have to get your hands dirty. You know, I think when I, when I started, I bought like $1,500 worth of tools. You know what I mean? Just like, because I knew what was going to happen, you know? And I had made so many mistakes with so many different enclosures. Yeah, it looks great to look at my YouTube and see me snapping it together, but you have no idea how many enclosures were getting pry barred apart, how many trips to the dump I had to make because I didn't seal something right. And knowing that a wooden enclosure is only going to last me about 24 months and I got to redo it. And, and it's a lot of work, but I enjoy the enclosure part. So, so did those, you said it only lasts like 24 months. I know you like dry lock them and everything. But do you still have to replace certain aspects of them? Nothing's, nothing is going to equip a piece of wood to deal with just humidity, a high humidity environment with soil, with an animal that's, gain, that's, that's becoming larger, that's constant walking. You know, these, you know it's, it's a whole different ballgame. You know, the best thing you could do with a wooden foundation is put styrofoam or some sort of filler mm-hmm. in there to support it's it. Right you know, I just redid a whole floor. I'm about to do a whole video on that. I had to rip out a whole foundation. That was the one with the grass in it that I just put. I just did another one with grass. I had to put styrofoam in there to give more buoyancy because my ornates, they're muscular and they're strong, you know, and I have so much soil. Luckily, my adult, she had dug a hole in there. And by the time I found it, it was so much substrate. That it actually made it, I guess she just got tired of the dirt filling in the hole. So uh, luckily she didn't go underneath, you know what I mean? Like whatever, whatever. So I ended up moving her to a whole nother reinforced enclosure. So it's just there, these animal and mon- a healthy monitor is going to tear things apart. Uh, obese monitor is just going to hang out. And that's what you see most of the time. And there's this weird area where I've been criticized uh, animals that I didn't even think were obese that... You know, I give them to one of one of the one of the veterans. They're like, "Oh, it was a little overweight." And I'm like, "Man, it was obese." You know what I mean? Like, it's still a fine line of of, of how to know they should be muscular, had that lateral. You would, you would think that they must be really sensitive because if you're feeding crustaceans, I mean, that doesn't have much fat on it. I mean, that's a pretty lean meat, and they're that's, still getting see, but, overweight. Well, no, dude. Well, with the, with the way that I do it, because I'm doing a, the 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 most what I consider the closest thing to a proper diet, yeah. best practice. That's why my animals are lean because the bird doesn't have a lot of fat on it. That's the whole prey item. That's the whole prey, terrestrial, whatever animal, you know, man, whatever. And then you have the crustaceans. They're, these things aren't obese in a while. You know, they're fit. They're swimming around. They're, they're competing with dwarf uh, crocodiles in Africa. That's the hell of a thing to be competing with for food. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's their main competition. Well, it used to be before, you know, it may not be the same now with a, a population increase of humans and everything and encroaching. But my thing is like with the crustaceans, it keeps them lean. The only one that I have the problem with the obesity is is that rehab because she, once they're out of whack the first couple of years, gonna, the fact that's that she, what a corn snake is exactly the same way. I can get, 
you can get fat deposits. You can get fat that is just – they will keep the same body shape their whole life even if you can never seem to lean them out. And if you have a fat female, you're kind of fucked as far as if it's really obese, especially in kink snakes and corn snakes. That female can be totally you know, dunzo as far as fertility. And, that, and that's the thing where – because they're so paper, everybody thinks reptiles are so separate in this, and, and it's really some common practices in regards to feeding and humidity that need to be followed no matter what, you know, is being no matter what it is. But yeah, <laughs> he needed more beer. <laughs> um, I've been wanting to say this forever. Uh, it's funny, the person who actually recommended you for our podcast, he was like, BH Ferenas feeds his animals way better than any human like, this is why you have to have them on because of why he feeds his animal he's like and i i didn't realize that that was a big thing it's just that i'm like even even my daughter i have a two-year-old and i'm like looking at the boxes i'm, I'm tracking how much fructose is in her diet which it should be zero and you know my wife would be like no you know i i think that the least you could do for something that's in a box is feed it the best you can. Yeah. If I lived in the Midwest, I would have all. I would have everything Southwest. <laughs> like seriously, like like I ran out of crawfish and I had them shipped in from a a, a restaurant a re- restaurant supplier in Louisiana. Like I right, don't right. care. But here's the thing: I don't, from a financial standpoint, I manage my money a certain way, so I'm allowed to. I allot myself a certain amount of money for that to do that. I never exceed that. So if I go and I do. If let's say it's summer, it's summertime, and everybody's eating great, and they're just you know, and I, I maybe I was off one on my volume. That means I can't buy ornates when they come in because I went off because of my budget. That. Okay, you you get what I'm saying. So yeah. that, like I said, the budget. Is, so you always got to be ready for yeah, a good animal. Yeah, yeah. So, but so my thing is, is like now, like a lot of my buddies are buying food because they have more animals and they have all types of stuff. But I don't need anything because my it's so cold, and I'm watching the gut, the gut, you know, the gut load and everything else. This is lasting me longer, so I didn't have to do a crab run to the marinas. Like all the marinas, they know me, so they're like, they're like, you know. So I, I drove, I drove, I drove all the way to Jersey City for like green crab bait. You know what I mean? Like, so it's my thing is that you know, and I go a little crazy with the with the presentation, you know. But you know, it, I'm not gonna sit here and act like it's totally normal because I, I get it, you know. Because my wife just looks at it sometimes, like really. But you know, this a testament to, testament to my wife is the day I, I had chicks. And this one day, this is when I used to feed live chicks, you know, crazy. Yeah. And my wife, she's from the South. She, I'm like, yeah, I need, hand me the bowl. She grabbed a chick, threw it in a bowl, gave it to me. I'm like, oh, she, she's a keeper. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's, it's. Those girls, yeah. yeah. They, they've seen an animal die once or yeah, twice so, and they're so, cool. Exactly. So she, so I think with the diet, I, I think that to me, I think it's done volumes for my animals, their pigmentation, uh, like my animals are bright, they're vibrant, they're healthy, they're crazy, but you know, they're my animals and I know them and I know when to catch them. I use giant gloves that go up to here. I get a lot of, I get a little bit of flag for wearing gloves, but dude, I, I hate when people do that. Like, why would you ever, like, I use a snake hook because I'm not an idiot. You wear gloves because you're not, I mean, why would you want to be scratched up? There's a lot of testosterone connected to the, to the monitor sector. Reptiles in general. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, oh, I, I don't use gloves. I'm like, that's cool, but I don't yeah. want to look like I'm like bloodletting. Like, I don't want to, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's a thing where, you know, I'm around certain circles, you know, 
that I don't need to. Ex- I don't want to look like a normal individual. I don't wanna, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to be able to roll up my sleeves when I'm at a, like a, a barbecue, you know, <laughs> in a, in a high Sanditi neighborhood. You know, I don't. You know, I'm not in the hood no more. I changed my life. Like I need to make sure that all of this is clear. I don't need like giant most cashews. of you snake dudes are already wearing black. You don't need cuts all over your wrist and stuff. Yeah, it's People not start really. That's not really. I don't want that to be an icebreaker. Oh, what happened, Dorian? And everybody yeah. turns around, you know, and it's just like it, it's just what it is. But you know, my thing is, that I think it's. It's one of them things where when it comes to food, like I'm super psycho about it because I just think garbage in, garbage out. And if I'm dealing with a species that hasn't been bred in a long time, no one's really put the time in. And I think that's what it is. No one's really put the time in because they're they're really they're really a-holes. And, and they really, they really truly are. A healthy ornate will, will tag you. Like my adult female, they're so smart. Like she, I get tail whipped every day. By an adult, her tail is like that fat around. Like really? guys can see that. That's like a it's, almost a softball for. But she's smart enough that when she goes to to, to, to smack me, uh-huh. and because I I might be too, she I might have just woke her up because she apparently she has a banker's job or something. She gets she likes to get up at late. <laughs> like you know, but these are your animal. You know your animal, and she'll try to hit me with her tail, but she'll stop. Literally, she'll stop and she'll just like nudge. It freaked me out the first time, and I just looked, and that's when you close your enclosure. I take the tart, put it down, and I just let her have her peace because it's a warning. And I get warnings every day. So, you know, like, but when she's on feed, it's all mouth because people got to understand that their her line of sight is a little different. You, you know what I mean? She needs to be able to see it on this side. Mm-hmm. So if I'm holding it here, she doesn't know what's going on. And then I feed, I use black gloves when I feed. I have them color coded. They see colors. So there's a lot of safety issues in there. And like, I got bit for the first time in seven years. Uh, I think it was two days ago. And when an ornate bites you, and this was a sub-adult, it hurts for about four hours. Like a good one, a good healthy one, because they look at you when they're biting you. It's a full eye looking at you, trying to figure out what's going on. And they, and they, I've been feeding my animals crustaceans, so they're they have all they don't they don't have any atrophy in their jaw bones. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was it was an accident because the animal that bit me was a young female that I trained to come out the enclosure to grip to get her food and go back, and she just went to the back of the enclosure and kind of just like froze. And I feel kind of bad, so I just taped it up, you know. She just had a weird moment where she got nervous. Yeah, you know, it scared her too. So it was kind of like one of the moments where I usually wear gloves. I never put my hand in her cage because I know she's like crazy, you know. So, but that was my fault because I didn't wear gloves. And I don't like, and these things have one inch, and when you do a lot of substrate and your animals are digging and you have, you know, I have the the cork wood in there, it's, their claws get sharper because, you know, the soil from them digging, you know, it sharpens their claws. You know what I mean? Uh, some of the best black throats I've seen, uh, Angela Wella, his animals look ridiculous. Their eyes, uh, uh, F2 and beyond animals, their eyes are so clear, they look like human eyes almost. You know what I mean? Mm. To where you just feel so bad for any animal that ever came in wild caught. And I'm at that point where I brung up these wild caught hatchlings and they're now sub adults and I'm looking at how healthy they are. And I'm like, damn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of do want to supply a, a captive stock so we can start, you know, n- not bringing them in the way we bring them in. But, you know, time will tell. But that's where my diet is like, okay, if I put good things in them, good things will come out. You know what I mean? Um, if my animal's not overweight and I'm feeding it, a lean diet and a little bit of fat because they get fat in their diet. You know, I do throw mm-hmm. a mouse in there every once in a blue moon. Um, though that that fat, a lot of times it pushes on the oviducts and different different organs. It makes them passing infertiles and eggs a lot harder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's where you get a lot of impaction impaction uh, deaths and, and stuff like that. And a lot of stuff is unofficial. There's a lot of stuff. There's no. Uh, 
publications and stuff like that. But no scientific expert. Yeah, 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 you know, it's just a lot of stuff that the monitor guys, the the powers that be, know. But it's kind of like, who's gonna listen? And it's mm-hmm. anecdotal from a guy who's in his basement playing with lizards. And, yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, rah, 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 rah. And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, I do got a lot of them. That's all I have. And, you know, and also early in the game, I deal with one species. And when you deal with one species, uh, the monitor community tended to tolerate me because a lot of them guys just tolerate me. I am not a fan. <laughs> I am not a fan favorite at all. But I also don't start any, I don't start any crap and I just... You know, it's just the way it is. You have your lane. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I think everybody does. And I think where I'm cool with the lane that I'm in, I have enough enough people that I can reach out to in case of emergency that I don't need anybody else. I'm not, I don't need, if, if, if guys are cool and I get by chance to meet them or whatever, like, cool. If I don't, I have enough of a support system where if it's really an emergency, People go like, okay, what do you need, Dorian? You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Nobody has to like. I don't care if you. I don't care if you don't like me. Just answer my question because I'm immune to the negativity and the and the ruggedness. But a lot of people aren't. So that's mm-hmm. why when I do the channel, that's why I set up like that. That's why I like your channel, my channel. So the information is out there, so people don't have to have the conversation. They can go and look. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's pretty much where it is. When I do the diets. I know that people can't get to a lot of this stuff, and it's just like. But and it's, are you going to talk to two thousand people individually? Like you know, the amount of people that can see a video is so crazy. It's like how are you, how could you possibly reach that many people with that information without doing something like a YouTube video? And that's and that's where then that's why I did it because I had to dig and dig into those medical documents and and being at the at the university to like until it closed, you know, trying to get like publication because nobody would help me. You know what I mean? And now I'm at a point where I still grab publications. I don't just, I just didn't stop. You know what I mean? Now I'm looking at different things. Let me look at, let me research, you know, uh, gut back, beneficial gut bacteria now. You know what I mean? Let, mm-hmm. let me take it to the next level of knowing my animal. You can just always get deeper. Yeah, it's, it's because you need to know your animal inside and out because if you're really, if this really is something that you're into, because um, some people it's a fat, it's an impulse. It's, they're, they're out of it. But for the people that want to sit there and argue and want to go toe to toe, you better come with it because I'm and, and like, that's what and that's, makes everyone it. better though at the same time when you're we hope, kind of we hope we hope some people can get real bitter i guess and, but hopefully yeah. you're building each other up at the end of it and hopefully something and what's better than facebook you don't have to have any repercussions yeah to you know because in the beginning i used to get the ip addresses of people like i used to like because I'm, I'm crazy so it's like no. and then like my wife my wife no. my wife put a stop to a lot of stuff like she's like my me i call her puff like she's like my producer like my manager like she manages the YouTube, the Instagram, she like surveys everything. If somebody's getting disrespectful, imagine like, if you had a Suge Knight. It'd be, like she's my Suge Knight. Like she's my my wife is my Suge Knight because she's like she knows she knows how I was before the college, before finance, before all of that. She's like we not we don't need you to reverting back to anything because I'm the type of guy to show up and and, and it's just but that's that South Philly in me. That's that feeling in me. We're we're a very in your face type of. Like people, town, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? Uh, the the Northeast in general yeah, it's like, is said, rougher. It's like you said, you said what? Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know what I mean? I had, I had a tech buddy. He was like IP address. Boom. There's like, not much okay. forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just like you know, and it's just I had to stop because I don't want to get indicted. I don't want this person. Something happens to this guy, and I didn't. <laughs> it's I, really not that. Yeah. Serious. It's really not. It's only lizards. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just my thing is my wife was like, "What if something happens to somebody and you just got an argument with them and they got proof on Facebook?" I'm like, "Oh, I didn't think about that." She was like, this is not, She's like, this, we're not, oh, we're not on, doing man. it. She said, I'm going to make you pull the plug on everything. <laughs> You're just going to have stuff in your basement. I was like, 
all right, man, like, what could I have to give my wife that that power? Because I knew in the beginning I wasn't mature enough to handle it myself because I was like... Especially with things that you love, you get out of hand quickly just because and, and you're like... you get passionate about it. So, yeah. when you, so when you get passionate about things, it tends to... And it's conversational and it's Facebook and it works both ways. These people have, are... They're keyboard gangsters. And I'm like... Yo, like no one's saying that to your face. You know, yeah. and I've gone, you know, and I've, I've had people make fake Facebook pages and then attack me. And it's not really. Oh, we had one of those. Yeah. Before. Oh, they're Trump. Listen, what? your trolls. We had one of those. The one that sent the message about you. Oh God, I don't even want to know. Um, I don't even want to know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that happened. But I wanted, I wanted to ask you, yeah, about, and I, I didn't know that this was debated until I started, you know, listening to more <laughs> monitor people. But UV. I thought that that was kind of a given that everyone did UV, but... Okay, so... I mean, I've heard so many conflicting things, and apparently it's, like, still very debated and hot, highly debated in the community, but... What is UVB? I did, like, a whole three videos that are, like, 12 minutes apart with, like, stuff <laughs> popping up. Like, you better watch it after we get done yeah. this podcast. You know what I mean? I'll send you the links. Because I'll um, tell everyone, just put it up under a light bulb, yo, and you'll be okay. Listen, like, <laughs> no, I, I have my... You're talking to a dude that doesn't mind driving two hours for feeders. So this is... That's true. That's like, if it's borderline, you may need it. I feel like you're just going to be like... I feel as though there are papers that prove that they did a paper on... uh, This is where... This is such an argument. Um, it's, it's it takes so much energy out of me. I'm, I'm glad you guys saved this for last. I probably would walk out of the podcast. So UVB is radiation based. Right, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. In the daytime, you could be under a plant; you're still getting UVB. You may not be in the direct sunlight. You're still getting it. You're still getting it. Unfortunately, the UVB the the quality of UVB UVB bulbs has decreased greatly because I have a UVB meter that I use. I think it's I forget, not hydrometers. I forget what it's called, but I have a meter, and I've noticed over time that the, a lot of the reptiles and stuff like that have gotten they're not as strong as they used to be because I think the there's studies, and I'll send them to you. There's like even YouTube videos where the the range is about 24 inches, Ooh. and at the same time, UVB because it's a form of radiation. And this is just like comprehensive common sense. Like this is not you know me you know the way I do my UVB. I use I turn I turn it on twice a week for eight hours hmm. for for eight hours because radiation based. Um, I use UV. I use Par 38 floodlights. Okay. The issue with then the UVBs that because the light turns on, it's it's there's even a different level of quartz that's inside of the the, the glass is even made different. I did a whole video on it. It's like it's what? too much. It's really serious. So it's a lot to it. But UVB is needed. They did it. They did the study. Make a long story short, they did the study on bearded dragons. One set got a lot bigger than the other set. Period. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. That's it. Your animal. You're not gonna. Here's the thing. Will it if you feed it whole prey? Yes, it'll get the vitamin D D three that it needs. It will not be malnourished. I've seen biologists, you know, support that. You know, whatever is a best practice hobby. You get what I'm saying? Okay. I'm. It's it's like the UV light, the incandescent bulbs. By accident, it works for us because incandescent bulbs give off heat. You get what I'm saying? It's like one of those perfect and perfect perfect mistakes that we use to our advantage. <laughs> You know, um, radiant heat panels with a UVB light. Like I know people that use have whole radiant panels that are top and bottom, and an animal can crawl in there and they have like a UVB light, whatever. 
but UVB is also radiation. Right. So how much are you supposed so to So can use? there be overexposure? That's the question now. So that's why I do. So my thing is when I have a question about something, I just I just cut it in half. You get what I'm saying? So I- You're kind of supplementing it. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, if you don't have it, you can supplement it. And best practice in the hobby for animal can stay alive. You can use your reptocalcium. Um, you can use your, uh, which also is toxic because that's made in a factory. So, you know, I mean, you're talking about, you know, like, like, just to give yeah. it to you straight, like, it's not organic it, free range calcium, like whole prey. That's why, that's why the yeah. mice are so, so important. That's why rats are such a good thing because their, their bones are denser. So you'll get more vitamins out of it. You, you get what I'm saying? Um, that's why it's okay, it's okay for a nerd to feed pieces of chicken because it's soft bone. It's not cooked chicken. You know what I mean? But then you got some people that all they have available is ground beef. Like in certain areas, you know, so you got so wait, people feed ground beef to their monitor? Yeah, because some people that's all they have. Like I'm not I'll never condone that. You'll ever, but sometimes from rehab standpoints, some people have to do what they have to do. Uh there's different tricks, but it's like certain stuff you just don't put out there in a monitor work because somebody just use it as their base diet. Like, you know, like it's like, come on, you can't just be feeding, you know, but there's situations feeder mice, best practice feeder mice. That's it. Ornates, 50% crustaceans. It ends up turning out cheaper anyway, you know, but it's, it's, that's what they eat. That's the papers have been done. You know, so a lot of stuff, what I do is I'll pull out what the prey items in the area is, you know, like for, for me, I use 10%, 10% rodents because I can, but if I couldn't, right. I would have to, I would probably raise my own mice and, and, and like make sure there's no E. coli on the on the on the lettuce when I feed it, you know, because I wouldn't feed it pellets, you know, because they're preservatives. And I would go through this whole thing, you know. But I know that my animals don't really require that for their natural diet. But if someone owns an ornate and they're feeding it feeder mice, they gotta do what they gotta do. Yeah, you would never want to tell anyone they have to do exactly what you. Do. Yeah, because I'm going I'm going to such an extreme because I feel as though I have to because I'm trying to breed. That's my personal belief in it. I feel as though it's my responsibility. I know that as a, if I, if God willing, when I'm successful, I'm going to have to train those animals to eat feeder mice before I sell them. Because most likely you're, because that's where they're going. So I, un, I, I totally get it. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like a, the monitor game. You, you have to do that. Like, uh, guys like bring that Brad. So I, I always screw up his last name. Brad saws he does the, a lot of the high contrast, um, water monitors. You know, I talk to him a lot. Like, you know, it it is guys that have these rough exteriors, and they you bounce off them. They're they're down for the cause. But who do you who do you get this analytical with in a hobby where there's so much battling over best practice? Because this might be keep these guys keeping it in the shoebox. This guy's keeping it in the fish tank. This guy built his enclosure, but this guy that built his enclosure lives in Southern Texas or Florida. So already in the Northeast, I'm spending at least two thousand dollars more a year. Right, flat, electric, everything. All that. It's all you, you, you get, you get what I'm saying. So, and then the guys that are in Michigan, they're even. It's even worse, you know. So they really get a lot of respect. And then even there, they're farther up north. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's this bridge. So you don't. You got all these people from all these different areas arguing about how to keep their monitor and but, you don't necessarily keep the same because you're and, that, and that's the thing but one thing a good monitor a monitor babies like any other baby they need their high humidity 
you know, your 70 to 85 range and you're, and you know, and keep the basket hot because this thing can't, it's, it's learning how to regulate its body temperature. It's learning, you know, oh. what works, you know what I mean? Your dubia roaches, good base insect, you know, whatever, whatever. You even even with insects in the, in the U.S., we can't get the huge grasshoppers that would be ideal for a savannah monitor diet. You know, like you know the the locusts and stuff like that. You can get them in Europe. Over here, you get them. You can't. They don't play that in the U.S. You can't get them shipped. So it's a lot of different blockades. So somebody in Texas or somewhere else might be able to get them regional. I can't get them. You know, and a lot of the crickets. I'm not going to speak on the cricket thing, but you know, I never feed crickets. You know, I always I always pick dubia roaches. You know what I mean? Because crickets, are, some a lot of crickets have parasites. Uh, but you can't tell this to a person that just bought a bearded dragon, a person that just bought their monitor. They're yeah. 15 years old. Yeah, let, yeah. You know, they, they're going to have anxiety attack. They're like, they're gonna, <laughs> my animal's going to die. What am I going to do? Big Varanis, he said all this stuff. And I'm like, here we go. You know what I mean? Like, that's, so I, I just, it's like best practice, whole prey. That's what it is. Like, it's, it's, and any veteran guy that's especially breeders, breeders are more methodical and they kind of know the game. So it's like boom, 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 boom. Because your animal doesn't have to just survive. It has to reproduce and survive through that. And hopefully you hope that they thrive. And that's and that's the thing. Like you can't, they live in boxes. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's in a box. I'm doing the best I can with an animal in a box. I think it deserves... You know, a dungeon is crab on a half shell. Like that's, that's <laughs> you know, that like that's, that's yours are upscale boxes. But yeah, you know, and that's and that's and that's where you know everybody's financial situation is different, and I have to be mindful of that. That's why I don't tell people. I just tell people, it's this is this what I do. This is what I do. This is how I do it. Uh, yeah. If you ask me a question, I'm gonna go back to the basics on how I do it and why I don't have problems, mm-hmm. and that's how I like to do it instead of being. You know, this, 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 and this, you know, because even though, like, I'm an admin on the the, the Veritas or Natus uh, site on um, Facebook, I don't, I don't, I don't govern that page. That's somebody else's page. They just let me be an admin, but I have, I watch a lot of stuff and I'm just like, as long as they keep it whole prey, I'm good. Like, you just have to, you know, the, the feeder mice is, is what's keeping this hobby afloat. Mm-hmm. Feeder mice is the lifeblood of his hobby, and that's in best practice. That's the calcium. That's, what they go to. that's why the yeah. organs and everything else. You know, you're not gonna a lot of stuff. You're just, even if you feed pieces of chicken to your monitor, like you know, nerd feeds a way. Uh, they're breeding on site. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. nerd is a whole other animal. So it's kind of like one of those things where you might see somebody feed a piece of chicken, but they're feeding so much more. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I might feed a chicken wing or a chicken thigh to my adult monitor. Because I know that she doesn't break down the feathers as well in the winter. She does, but mm-hmm. just to take the load off of her gut, you know, gut bacteria, whatever. Because if it's too low, they're not producing the right one. Then if it's too high, they're not producing the right amount. They've done a study on agamas and other li- and crocodile lizards and everything else. So, you know, why not? You know, why not be mindful of that? You know, until mm-hmm. someone proves it out. You know, and so my thing is, is that with with the food, to me, food and enclosure first. If your food and enclosure are right. Everything else kind of falls in line. I kind of noticed, like, even when I was almost successful with the pair I had, everything, they had an 11-foot run, you know, and they were just chilling, you know, and I gave them their privacy, and they had their lighting, and they had their humidity high, you know, even with my male, like, a lot of ailments come out when you when you feed mm-hmm. an animal what you're supposed to feed it, you know, it's not being masked by being obese and overfed and fed incorrectly, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, because even the man, animal that passed away with cancer, I knew it wasn't a good feeder, it just never dawned on me why to think to, to get an ultrasound because it was already a male, proven male. 
you know? So it, it was a thing where I wasn't mad at the guy I got it from because we knew what time it was. It was a rehab that was given to him, you know? So, so you weren't expecting this to be like 100% immaculate animal. Well, no, I knew I knew what I bought. I know what right. I'm buying when I get into it. Like sometimes like I like people to be honest. I'm really, I like people to be honest with me and I'm buying an ornate. I know if, you, if an ornate does not get what it needs in the first 24 months, statistically, most cases... They die year six. For me to have a 10-year rehab is like, I saw people like, oh, it's still alive. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. We just lost a real big ornate monitor. But like, oh, damn near seven footer, huge, had a head the size of like a dog almost. It was a rehab. It was, it was, it's, it's those animals we get from somebody else starting it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And it was sad because that animal, I was trying to buy that animal uh, off the guy. I offered him, I offered him like $5,000. Like I play no games. <laughs> like I'll spend some money on R&A. That don't mean out there that I must buy your. Yeah, for people are about to start like coming a, out of the wood. You better be feeding Dungeons Crab on a half shell for me to spend like a thousand dollars on something. But it's just like you know, it's that's what I like. That's my species, and I think that's why I get a, even a little bit of respect I get because I deal with one species. I'm not all over the place trying to flip animals. Whoever does that, do your thing, whatever. But it's my one species, I focus on that. I'm watching them. That's what I'm doing. Even Brad Salisbury, Brad, uh, Salisbury, and I know I'm butchering his name. Like he told me, he said, dude, just sit there and watch your animals. Enjoy your animals. And that's what you do. My closures are covered, but my animals like their privacy. I had too many issues with having a, 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 them being able to see out. To me, how, how crappy is it to be able to see out, but you can't get out? You know, that's I mean, true, that's, yeah. you know, nothing against people with windows, you know, because I do have a big window <laughs> on my other thing, but I had to cover her enclosure because her stress level was so high, you know, and then she calmed down. You always see those monitors in a pet store or something scratching at the side of a tank. Yeah, and, and it's door. and it's like I get a lot of flack for not having windows, and it's just like the windows aren't for me. Like I, when I want to watch my animal, I open the enclosure door, and I chill there for a minute, and it's looking at me, and I'm looking at it. I'm oh, you're not trying to figure out today. your friends. You know, yeah. we're friends tomorrow. We're not, but you know, a lot of my interaction comes from me cleaning the enclosures frequently, so they get used to me just being there. And then after a while, you know, and I'm crazy. I pet my ornates while they're eating, and that's something I don't tell people. People think I'm crazy because my ornates, some of them are really mean. But you know, I'm cool. I'm just messing with them. But that's I know my animal. I know what I need to take my hand out of that. You know what I mean? You're not going to pet some other. Person. But you know your animals. Yeah. You wouldn't have all your fingers if you were that laxative. Yeah, and and it's just it's just and there's 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 harder species. There are worse species. There are more uh, sensitive species out there. And guys are just feeling their way around, you know, and it's just, I wish a lot of the veteran guys would come back. A lot of guys are silent because they got 20 years in, they might just be tired. So everybody's just not. Same shit for the last time. For them, it's the same questions all the time, whatever, whatever. But like I said, when it comes to ornates, like I'm going to, I'm going to represent for them because I just feel like they're not representative in the the proper light. And I I believe that every year, everybody has one because they're cheap. And soon I wait a couple of months and I say, how's everybody's ornate? You like two people. Give them your address. You're like, get, get like, get like two people. You get like two people. You know, and I, and I get people that hit me up, but I can't take in every animal because right now, like, I, I've, I've sold off a lot of animals because I have other hobbies keeping stuff because I, I don't believe in keep, I can't keep that many large monitors. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, even I have six and I have four on site and I have two off site. 
And one of the ones off site isn't growing the way it needs to grow. So I'm going to tell the guy he can flip it or sell it. You know, it's just I have to control my volume. Because you, you know, down the line, that animal is not going to do much for you, unfortunately. If your goal is to breed. And that's, and that, that and that's the dark side to it is like, the, is like knowing which ones to sell and not sell. I'd rather have a good home and somebody that's treated like a pet. You know what I mean? Because that's usually where they end up going is like one side or whatever. So if they, if they pan out and they, they eat well. You know, you got a permanent home. Like, you know, if you're a good quality animal, because I can't put out bad animals. I don't care about a docile animal. I want an animal that eats, has has great, has has clear pigmentation, has clear eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Doesn't have any respiratory issues. Doesn't have any weird growths. Like that male had cancer. I wasn't gonna be able to do anything with it anyway. Just mm-hmm. from a responsible standpoint. You you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I would have if I bred. If I just wanted to breed, I would have bred him with the female. And what I would have done is those eggs, when they hatched, I would have just donated them to the area college for research and helped out the monitor research sure. thing. You know what I mean? And let, and let the vet students, you know, dissect them or something like that. You know, that would have been the best way to do that. Because what, what am I going to do? Charge somebody $500 to $1,100 for, for an animal and then it has cancer and then they want their money back 10 years later or six years later? I'm not doing that. You know, and that's where responsibility comes in at. And luckily, that's not a big problem in the hobby. But with ornate, I just keep seeing that when that when I do start breeding, because I I have a good I have a good feeling that I'm going to be successful in the coming years. I'm going to be very selective about who I sell them to, and if people want them, they don't have to want them. I don't care. I'm gonna keep the best, and the rest of them is set up because I have to set that up because you can't keep that many animals responsibly. Right. They get too big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just the way it is. But I think. That's the that's a part of the hobby people don't want to realize. You know, water monitor hatchlings, they roll. You know what I mean? Like, especially captive bread, they roll. You know, it's a competitive market, it's getting inflated, but they sell. Ornate monitors, a lot of people don't want them. They they're not they're not gonna sit and watch TV with you. You're not gonna <laughs> you got some people that say they do, but I'm like, question the neurological why prevalence of that animal. Cause I'm like he should be like really in his teenage states just trying to eat everything. You know what I mean? Like that's just what it is, but it's what it is. That's the argument. A friend of No, go ahead. Okay. Since someone asked. Yeah, our friend Riley asked, What if you instituted a twice daily window of two hours of UV basking lights on in the early morning and late afternoon? Like an AM and PM chunk of time with direct UV exposure daily. Hmm, so break it up bulb? instead are we of talking just about, do... Are you talking about bulbs or are we talking about real sunlight? Um, I'm assuming you would talk about bulbs. talking about bulbs? Mm-hmm. We'll see when Riley's answers. But <laughs> he was talking about bulbs. But like, yeah, what if you broke it up instead of like a few days of full sunlight? You now, did some every day. Or, now, do you think it matters? I don't... I think that... And like I said, it's a sticky subject. I know, I know when I get <laughs> off of here, like I'm going to get reamed on even speaking on it. But it's just like... I believe in radiation because radiation believes in us. You know what I mean? And I believe that too much of anything is a bad thing. And I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good balance. And I think that however you're doing it, I do think that it should be on for a 12, a 12 hour uh, period. You know what I mean? Because if you look at it, when the sun's out, you know, it's the radiation, the radiation is everywhere. It's in the shade. It's everywhere. You know what I mean? So my thing is, I think that there's no, I don't think you get a lot of benefit from doing the on off. Unless your timers just work a certain way, your electricity is kind of some. I don't see where the benefit would be at. But at the same time, I haven't done the papers or the or the calcium tests on their bones to say mm-hmm. that the way I'm doing it is the right way, and I shouldn't be keeping them all the whole time. But I just know 
I know a lot about radiation. You know what I mean? And I know a lot. I know what I know too much of anything is a bad thing. So that's why I do what I what I do just to be safe. Um, some people do three times a week. I've seen papers where I've read papers where they've toggled it and they've done on off cycles. But 12 hours on 12 hours off, that's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to kill your animal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's. It's interesting because obviously some people don't do it at all or don't. Yeah, exactly. So, like, and a whole prey diet does your animal will be fine. It's just that to me, I want every inch of growth out of my animal. And Mm -hmm. my thing is, is that that UVB bulb is gonna. You don't even know what the intensity of that bulb is because you're not testing the bulb either. You're not. You don't have a UVB tester. You know what I mean? So yeah, because those bulbs wear out after a certain amount of time, right? Six months. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it's like twenty bucks a pop, almost depending on where you buy it from. And wow. and let's because we were talking about, and you were like, "Oh, I didn't build enough fixtures in the first one." So, yeah. are you doing like the length of the body, or how long is the strip <laughs> so, of UV? Or I have a huge burn on my adult femur that she got when I first first got her. And what happened was is that, and I and I and I bitch and complain to everybody in a hobby that didn't like yell at me for not doing it. Is the first enclosure that I was building, I was using one fixture. Well, she was growing super fast, so she wasn't thermoregulating evenly because the 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 part thirty eight floodlight was focusing on one part of her body. And what happened was that she went through a shed; her skin was a lot more sensitive. She ended up with a third degree burn. So, and it's it's almost totally gone now. It's now it's a surface burn. Um, I, I, that's why she goes to the vet like twice a year, you know. And so what? I, so after that. I talked to a couple of guys and I was like, they were like, yeah, that's why we do two and three lights. I'm like, why did you guys tell me that? <laughs> like, like, see, that's, that's the monitor that's the thing. thing. You got to have yeah. a lot of, like, most people, be, you know, I was pissed, but it's you not. You got to get in to get the good but information. But see, but see, Dorian's supposed to know so much and he's B.A. Baranis <laughs> and he has his YouTube. He should have known that an animal needs to be evenly, in, in the wild, they evenly, you know, bad. Their, their, their heat is evenly distributed. Cause it's the sun, it's right. you know it's not right, there. The sun right there. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not in one spot. So like, it's like, like having a magnifying glass. On yeah. So man. how mad am yeah. I gonna? So so how mad am I gonna really be? Like it's just, I'm mad at myself because I didn't know. But I told them don't. I always and I told them guys don't be afraid to tell me anything. You know because you know it had to help. But in this hobby, you get so much pushback if you try to help somebody. Yeah. The monitor so thing. That's that's why it's the way it is. So I did three light. I do four lights. One UVB and do uh, three par thirty eights, and UVB depending on like I'm, I'm a little lackadaisical with it, but I do have the, my 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 juveniles and my sub adults. They have UVB. It's not a question. My adults, I kind of uh, it's more or less dependent. Um, the their the lights evenly distributed. You know, it's everybody's basking. And honestly, some animals like to attack the lights. It's just monitors <laughs> are crazy. Some monitors lick the lights. <laughs> Like, it's just, because I have to get cages now to protect all the lights. I have a monitor that, I don't know how it unscrews every light every day and I have to go what? out and leave. Like, it's, they're smart, dude, and they're bored they're in a box. <laughs> like, what are you going to do in a box? It's like putting a little kid and then giving a kid a crayon and trying to figure out why you drew all over the walls, you locked them in a the room. Like, you know, I hope that hopefully nobody ever does that, but that's that's the thing. Like, the PAR 38s, when you're putting, I have them in a rope, I get evenly distributed. Burns have decreased by 90%. You know, some animals just, they fall asleep under the light. They're in a box. You know, you get what I'm saying? Mm. But the good thing about that is if your humidity's right and there's moisture in the air, it, it a lot of that takes away from how crispy their skin is right. and how dry their skin is. It takes away from the proneness of, of them getting, right. you know what I mean, of getting burnt. So that's another reason why it's just 
special little, you know, I'm not worried about it because I know I have 80 to 90% humidity. You know what I'm saying? So, and and once I went, and it was hard for me to really establish it at first because once I started really getting everything together and figuring out how to do it and sealing my enclosure, which is the most important thing, then I never had burns. You, you get what I'm saying? And there's veteran guys, burns happen. Like, they don't, people don't want to admit it in this hobby. They happen because animals are individuals. Anything can happen. A light could come, a fiction could come down, it could burn the animal because it's a hot light. You don't know what really happened. I've come in and seen whole fixtures ripped down. You know what I mean? And this so looking tantrum. That, but they have activity. <laughs> they have activity time during the day. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna fault it. You know, it's yeah, it's living in a box. Yeah. It's living in a box. So my thing is is that so that's always a, a sensitive topic with burns because you'll see it a lot because people won't have the proper temperature, so the animal just lays into the heat. And it's just trying to get its whole body regulated when it needs right. another light. It needs another space. So I have my part 30 spaced out about eight inches apart, six to eight inches apart. So that gives them everything they need. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And in the winter, I just make sure the humidity is extra high because I know just in case the temps drops or amb- right. the ambience get funny, I know at least they got enough humidity where I, they won't get like dry skin and it won't be, they won't be more prone to a burn. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's, it's all, it's, it's all from, from, an arguable standpoint, you're gonna always gonna have somebody that says something, but I'm watching it. And if you just from a rational standpoint look at it, you know what I mean? It's just I'm always trying I'm always worried about husbandry. That's all I care about because my animals are already there. It doesn't get it's but so interesting when you just have one thing. Like I don't have like several things that you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's like it's not it's it's just one of the it's just one of those things. I don't have like a park or anything like you know Nathan Sweeting down in um Smooth water, smooth, smooth, smooth water uh, wildlife park down in Florida. Dude has like crocs and gators, and he has a whole wildlife park. He has water, water monitor, best water monitors I've ever seen in the hobby. I don't care what anybody says, you know, as far as health and wellness, um, because they're outside and they have the humidity, have everything. He's in Florida, you know. But so, but my thing is, is like his his practice. He'll never have to worry about burns. You you get what I'm saying? Is there something because like I know certain tortoise species and stuff. Like if they're Florida born. They don't do well anywhere else because they're used to that perfect humidity. That's totally I, honestly. I'm gonna tell you, like I, I believe it. I, and, and I'm gonna tell you, like I don't have any animals to prove that out. But I, me and Nathan spoke about that, and I was like, I'm almost scared to 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 get because because if he starts producing, because he's like, it's only a matter of time before he starts like. Like, cause he's gonna like. Cause he just let them do what they do, and yeah, it's, it's, animals, there, I mean, yeah. I've seen the animals. I've never seen water monitors. Only other water monitors I saw that were really beautiful, like that, were brass saw weedles. I'm probably killing his name again, but it's just like it's. I've seen and nerds look pretty good. You know, what I mean, I don't really follow nerd a lot. You know, what I mean, but when I'm looking for, th- I'm looking for clarity of the eyes. I'm looking for nostril, clear nostrils. I'm looking really deep into it, and God, speak to Brad on a regular basis. I, you know, I'm paying attention to this stuff a little bit more. But at the same time, like those waters, they're regular waters. So I'm not saying that they're better from. But they look. I'm not saying from a morph standpoint, but from a health standpoint, we're in the north. We're in the north. Nothing's gonna be. So that this guy has this guy has whole man made lakes down there. Like ain't not beating them. Like on your on your best day, you're nobody's gonna. If if he took one of Brad's animals and one of Nerd's animals, it would look like a totally different animal. Right. It's just it's just one of the facts that we have to deal with. Like. I would love, even in Philly, it's so questionable. You can't even do an outside enclosure, you know, because we're in the city and it's just like the noise and everything else. And then the humidity isn't oh, that's right. That's true. There's a spook factor as far as yeah, noise. Yeah. And ornates, when they spook, they break things. Like, it's just, <laughs> you know, because I got big animals. So it's not like, you know, 
So it's, I think a lot of it just comes down to, you know, when it comes to UVB lighting, it does work. The papers are out there. It's just a thing where you got to dig it. You got to dig into the papers and it's, it's radiation. Like, I don't believe that UVB should be on every single day. I think it should be toggled. Whatever that schedule is that that person has on it is going to help the animal. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's, you just do six days out of the week and one day off, at least you gave it a break. It's not, you know, it's radiation. That's what UVB is. It's not the dome. And, guess, and it's very direct, it seems, in comparison. And that's that. And, but at the same time, with the lights and the intensity of light and the, whether or not the person judged the intensity, it's just the thing about the reptile hobby is we're using all these unnatural items to try to make these natural things happen. It's the biggest, contra- <laughs> it's the biggest contradiction known to man. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, the only thing I could say is best practice. But into answering that question is just like, you know, if you're gonna do the like, do it for a day. Don't don't buy don't don't bother yourself with doing it hours on, hours off. Just do it for the day because the sun's out all day. But when they don't want to be in the sun, they go into their burrows, you know, right. they, they go chill. You know what I mean? And and unfortunately we think that our animals, because humans obviously we get too hot, we'll go away if we go there. Adam they will just stay there. They will stay right <laughs> under the light. And that's and that's and that's one of the things is like when you don't have that that environment set up correctly you're killing yourself with no opportunity to get and, away and, and there's no and there's no opportunity to get away and it's just like you know my my rehab female she was a she was a she was a mess when i got her like she just started using an, a lay box like literally like i had to teach her you know what i mean she was just laying eggs all over i mean well that that had a lot to do with me still trying to get the bioactivity right and get the soil right now she knows where the lay box is stuff like that but when you're dealing with infertiles you're gonna drop them anywhere they want to anyway but now she just dropped some in pretty much in one bunch now. You know what I mean? And it's it's a little bit better. So, and her infertiles are getting healthier and healthier every year. So, you know, God willing. But I have some younger, uh, I have some sub-adults that are more promising. And I have an awesome male that I have. So, it takes, you know, you're going to get, my sub-adults are six feet, going on six feet. And they just turned three. So, another three, in another... <clears throat> two years i'll feel comfortable parent together five is about what you're aiming for yeah just me i think they can probably breed a lot younger um depending on the situation probably especially a male right yeah because i know people have different experiences with them um, i think 24 months and i think vent vent to snout length is like 150 centimeters or something like that that's the breeding i think on some of the public good luck measuring your ornate monitor no i mean i <laughs> but you know what though like i really have them like i i can do a lot of stuff with them it's just it's just i don't put a lot of stuff on videos because i don't want someone thinking that they're that they monitor do this to do that finger <laughs> You know, because they bite down really hard. Like they're strong. They're all head. They're 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 crushers. You know, just like I wouldn't get wouldn't want to get bit by a blackthroat. You know what I mean? Like same thing. You know, I wouldn't want to get bit by a retic. Like you know, I'll even <clears> yeah. You know, and it's it's, it's just it's just one of those things. But yeah, I think a lot of it is just it's such a hit or miss. And when you get into the enclosure conversation, I I commend all those guys that got those eight foot by eight foot. The guys that have the big yards. The guys that have all the space. If, you know, I I envy them. You know, I'm just like, look, I'm for I'm I'm really doing it for the the city cats and the northeast guys that we got to sit up here and just suffer. That it's possible. You know, I'm trying my best, and my thing is, I want twelve foot by twelve foot. I'm gonna get my twelve foot by twelve foot, and that's why it's taking me so long to really get a house. Because I'm like, where am I gonna find this footage, this square footage at? You know, I'm yeah. like, you know, so it's 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 just a it's a balancing act. 
Well, we've definitely kept you past your time. Yes. Uh, but last question, if yep. someone wanted to reach out to you, uh, where could they get in touch with you? Facebook is probably the easiest. Um, YouTube, I try my best. Like, I'm pretty good at answering on YouTube, but the video's already there. Probably answered all the questions, so it's kind of like, you know. Um, Instagram, Messenger, I'm very good at too because I can do it on the spot because I'm like really busy. So usually what I'll do is like at least twice a day, I'll check my Instagram. I think you guys hit me up the day, uh, like, was it a day? It took me, did it take me a day to get back to you guys? Or Probably not. Um, it was like a couple hours or something like that. We just, know. we'll send out stuff. You <laughs> probably send it. out to so many people. Like, this why <laughs> so many people ignore us. Or... The cop was like, what the hell is this? I don't know what it was because you can't really see your face on your thing. And it's like, yeah. Port City. What the hell? I think most so people think we're just like a corn snake. Are you BH Varanis across all social media? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I have a BH Varanis regular pay main page um i try my best on that one but if you go to dorian jp i'm usually on that bh baroness instagram is bh underscore baroness um that one i'm always on because that's where a lot of my positive people are that's where my positive energy comes from facebook is like the war zone well instagram so, i've seen is like instagram no one will talk shit because that's like coming into someone's house and like talking shit yeah you're not in a public forum you're on their page on their picture like talking shit but um someone everyone needs to go look at his instagram because and youtube because your enclosures are like biodome and if you type in bh baroness in in google search engine my youtube if you go to video part on the search engine it'll come up i'm the only bh varanis period if you type (laughs) in ornate monitor It'll come up as well. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of that out there, but you'll be able to tell you can tell by the durag. So it's like, you know, <laughs> this is my this is my ode to my old life. So you know, that's about it. But yeah, thanks for having me. Guys. Yeah, thank uh, you no, so much for coming on and being our second in-house guest. We our have, Philly in-house, yeah, second Philly, Philly in-house, in-house guest. guest. Um, everyone in the chat has loved you and just kept talking about your passion for your animals. And I love having guests on that that shows clearly how much you are into it and how much you care about your animals when you put into it. It was all worth it. That's what we want, you know, that's what we want our podcast to represent, people who are passionate and are doing the most for their animals. And spend a lot of money on random (laughs) crustaceans. Oh, my God. Like, this is my first, this is actually my first write-off year. Like, so far far we're sitting at 3,700. Woo! Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to reach out to us, Port City Pythons on Instagram. I like how on YouTube, no one knows where you're coming. You can, like, come in here. It's okay. Okay. Port City Pythons on Instagram. PortCityPythons.com. Port City Pythons on YouTube. You're watching us right now, so you know where we are. From the Ground Up podcast, you're listening to it right now. What else do we have to say? PortCityPythons.com. And like we said, we will see you, a lot of you, hopefully, um, at Oaks this weekend. I can't believe it's Saturday. Oaks show. No. Come say hi. Hang out. Peace. Jesus Christ. It's like every month. It's it's actually every month now. It feels like it. No, it is. No. No, no, that's Maryland show. I'm sorry. Yeah, the last one we did was in November. Mm -hmm. Yeah, November. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, there's a reptile show somewhere every single weekend. So the two hours that we live, you can find one every month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Later, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Later.